What's up? Seven Deuce Trace here on the Moto X Pod Show. This is Alex Martin, and you're listening to the Moto X Pod Show. Moto X Pod Show, episode 94. We are back after a week off, which I did not enjoy at all. But, um, yeah, we're back. So, as you guys know, we have a new title sponsor, Torque One Racing, torqueoneracing.com. An organization founded by individuals with passion for the racing industry. Their mission is to provide high-quality, economical performance products like grips, levers, shifters, brake pedals, and foot pegs. Follow them on Twitter and Instagram or go to TorqueOneRacing.com. Fly Racing. Since 1998, Fly Racing has been focused on developing the best gear possible, worn by all sorts of guys like Weston Pike, Blake Baggett. You know the deal. They're on board. We've got a uh, giveaway we're going to announce tonight for that. Mad Jack Synthetics. An individual, uh, excuse me, an Anzoil has been around 45 years, was the first company to bring synthetics to the general public's in 1972, Dane Evans and Mad Jack Synthetics is a proud sponsor of the Moto X Pod Show. We also we did our giveaways and announced our winners on or a winner from our email contest, and we had a little surprise winner thanks to Dane Evans. We're going to be playing those for you, pre-recorded interviews, or um, here shortly. Shock socks, the original number one 10 second removable fork seal protector. Hit them up on Instagram or go to go to burnmotorsports.com. Charlene at MX Girl Designs. If you need new graphics for new bike, vintage bike, she will hook you up. Char at MXGirl.com. And, of course, all sport dynamic wrist braces. Jeff Brewer, he's been on board for a long time. Best wrist braces in the market. If you don't want to spend money on surgeries and hospital bills after breaking a wrist, hit me up at DarksideMX3 at AOL, and I can get you hooked up with some all-sport dynamic braces. TJ is in studio tonight. What's up? What's up, man? Hey, so before we get going mm-hmm. any farther, that um, talking about the Torque 1 stuff, even before we even talked to them about being part of the show, I ordered some levers. And something that I didn't realize, they come with like an extra lever tip, like the part that, that swings forward. So oh, yeah? when you buy like, lever, like, like, like the folding levers for your bike, it has the rocker that goes in yep, there. Yep, yep. And then an extra lever, you know, and I was just, I was like, for the price, I was blown away that it, that it wasn't some, like, cheap little, whatever you call it, cast lever. It's a billet lever, and you have a spare one just in case something happens, which is really cool. So Awesome. Well, they, and they have a uh, top end, uh, end, top of the line clutch perch lever coming out soon. Johnny uh, Johnny Limp, the owner of Torque One, is going to be on tonight, and I want to ask him about that because it's he he posted like a teaser pic, and some people have asked me where that thing was available, and it's not just yet, but maybe he can give us some info on that. And yeah, yeah. you got some pretty rad products for sure. Well, one thing I do like about it is his he does have the clutches that fit the factory perches. Okay, because yeah. we've had issues in the in the past with bikes that the the aftermarket clutch perches don't have enough throw. So the clutches are constant. When even when you pull the clutch all the way to the bars, it still has friction. Gotcha, gotcha. And so they have the ones that fit the factory clutch perches. If you have 
you know, you know, if you're worried about that being an issue, it's pretty awesome. I, I'm very impressed with their product. I, yeah. And, and that's it, the only thing I've got that and the little brake clevis. I really don't know if those little brake clevises do anything, but they look really cool. So I had to get <laughs> right, them right. my bike. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I've got, I'm ordering a brake pedal and a shifter. So I got to get those because I still have the OEM ones on my bike and it's time to make, I like the bling. I like the red anodized. Yes. Yeah. I'm a Honda. So have Johnny Lip coming up. We also tonight have, uh, Cheryl Crawford, she was the ex-brand rep at the Nationals this year, so she was building goggles and taking care of guys like A. Ray, Kyle Cunningham. Cheryl's husband is Ben LeMay, so we've got a little bit to talk about with that. So we're going to have her on. Um, then we have Brett Hooper. He is the owner of Works Wheels and Mods, and he's also a professional mechanic. He rents for Ronnie Ford, Josh Cartwright, Anthony Rodriguez, numerous others. Um, he's going to be mechanicking for Cody Williams for Team Guam at MX of Nations this year. So he's going to be on. And then we have Michael Antonovich. Everybody knows him as Anton from Transworld MX. We're going to talk to him a little bit coming up. So I'm pretty excited about that. It's definitely going to be a cool show. I mean, especially to to get people on this time of year where we're not having to worry about, like, we got to get this person on because they won. We can talk right. to people that we actually want to talk to. They have some cool, you know, products or different cool uh, I guess you say insight into stuff, and I'm interested. I didn't know anything about the Team Guam stuff, so I, that that sounds. You cool. know what? I'm not 100 percent sure I was supposed to announce that yet because oh. when he texted me like a week or two ago, it was on the download. But I think it's been announced that he's hey, racing for Team Guam now. Not so. like anybody listens to us. Well, <laughs> it, it is what it is. I already said it, so <laughs> we can't delete it now, which we could, but we, we're not going. We're not to. going to. Right. No. Oh, hey, and I want to apologize. He just said not to, but I listened back to last week's show on the way over here tonight because somebody had told me I need to listen to, for something in particular, and the sound quality sucked. Um, I had the volume for the guests, like Kiefer and Cole Seeley, up pretty high, because we've had some comments that the vo- the callers are hard to hear, and it was popping a lot, and I didn't. it doesn't sound like that in the headphones. When I listened back, it sounded really bad, so I apologize. It will be better tonight since TJ's in here. And are we just blaming on Mark? Yeah, we could. Yeah. Um, I mean, That's he didn't I touch the board, so I don't... But sure, yeah. Yeah. I mean, okay. he, he's not here now. We can yeah. blame it on him. We can blame it on Doc. Anybody who's ever been part of the show that's not here tonight. Sounds good. That I'm sounds down. good to me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so the we did the Amsoil oil kit giveaway. Um, and the we, we chose, we got a bunch of emails that I really liked. I had a very hard time picking a winner. Um, I sent some of them over to Dane Evans with Mad Jack Synthetics so he could kind of get a feel for them. We we agreed, and, and our winner of the oil was Carrie Knox, and she's also she's a rider. She's the girl, girlfriend of privateer Ben Lee. Uh, she's really rad. I did a pre-recorded call with her, letting her know she won. We're going to play that for you in a little bit. But through that process of looking at the emails, Dane and I decided Dane wanted to do something special for one of our listeners, um, Brandon Care. He, he's a Patreon supporter, and he's a big fan, but he had a really good story. Uh, he, he's got a family he's raising like most of us do and he works you know he, he works hard and he's taking care of all the vehicles and all the motorcycles and the four-wheelers that the girls ride and uh, Dane set him up with a wholesale uh, contract basically he's so he's gonna get a, for a year and he's gonna get wholesale prices from Amsoil uh, which is gonna save him a lot more than just getting one bottle of oil for free it's gonna save him over the period of a year on all his equipment all his cars so I really want to thank Dane Evans for coming through like that. And if any of you guys are interested in that, all you got to do is hit up Dane Evans on Instagram, um, or you can hit me up and I can get you his email. You, his his phone number is in the the commercials. 
and you can get set up with the wholesale prices also. It's there's a little fee for it, but it saves you a lot in the end. So we love Amsoil here. It, we've got it in all our vehicles and our motorcycles, and Doc runs it. Well, actually, no, I just Doc I just put, not run anymore, but no, yeah, he, he got, he's he, got a contract. He got picked up by another yeah, company, but yeah. I just I I was putting Amsoil in the other day. I was working on uh, my bike, mm-hmm. and I was giving Doc a hard time because he wasn't. And also, I have I actually went to um, what's it O'Reilly's the other day, pick up some stuff, and I bought Amsoil just off the shelf. Bought Amsoil to yeah. put in the generator. Oh yeah. Sure. I mean, it's a good product. Can't go wrong yeah. with it. So you know, and and I we're we're biased or unbiased. Yeah, no, but biased. We're biased, biased. Definitely. But look, I mean, Doc picked up blood lubricants. Um, Jeff, the owner of that company, is a great dude. He's really cool. You know, nothing wrong with his oil either. But we we definitely we love Am's oil on the show. Dane is taking care of us, and it's our you know it's the best oil on the market. They're a big supporter of Supercross. They were a supporter of Arena Cross when it was around. So we we appreciate Amsoil and Mad Jack Synthetics. Speaking of that, the schedule just dropped for yes, Supercross today. Yeah, and um, oh, oh, you just saw it today because man, I mean, I've known for like months. I've known for a little bit too. Come on now, <laughs> I said it just dropped. Not that I I've already made Officially my plans dropped right. Yeah, I've already made plans for which rounds we're going to be at yeah. and when I'm going to be off work and all that stuff. But anyways, they um, I'm really looking forward to seeing what they do. It sounds like that the amateur stuff may wind up being like a straight championship. Like you have to... Okay, like a series? Like well, a whole- the way that I was reading on it, which I didn't know this, this was, you know, I mean, we have to do some finding out about this, but... Some finding out. To be able to get to race it at Vegas, it may wind up being like... So the end of the series is an amateur race the day after um, Monster Cup, I think is what it oh, sounds okay. like. Oh, okay, okay. And if... <sighs> I mean, maybe I misread it. I'll have to look into it some more. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure. But um, that'll be cool. Yeah, that sounds like there's some cool things coming down the works. I know everybody's waiting to hear about this TV package. Um, I think they're working on some pretty gnarly things that we're going to be excited about once it all gets finalized. Uh, I, I think 2019 is going to be a fantastic year. Exciting. I'm excited. Um, I also want to announce that we we did the Fly Women's Light gear giveaway last week. I asked for ladies to send in their picks. We picked a winner. Her name is uh, Jennifer Latour. Check her out on Instagram. But she won the gear I uh, got with JT. That should be going out to her this week. So thank you, Jennifer, and all the ladies that entered. Appreciate it. We got a lot of great picks. It is, it's very difficult to pick a winner sometimes because I want to be able to give away prizes to everybody, but we, uh, we can't. Um, we do have another giveaway to get announced. Charlene. We can't with- afford the shipping to give it give it, give gifts to everybody. No, no, we can't. <laughs> no, definitely. The uh, the Patreon shipping for our Patreon listeners was basically what we got from Patreon. Yeah. All of it. <laughs> <That's> not- <laughs> it's yeah. not even a joke. Right. But uh Charlene contacted me and wanted to do a giveaway from MX Girl, so we will announce a little bit later in the show how we're gonna do it. But she is gonna give away a free set of Number plates all the way around. So side panels and front number plate. She's going to do a free set of uh, graph- number plate deep graphics, and we will tell you how. Please, as I say all the time, I- I'm trying not to do the commercials at the beginning of the show as long, because I know you guys don't want to listen to all the commercials. They're pre-recorded. They're in the middle of the show. You probably skip over them. You know who our, our uh, sponsors are. Please, please, please follow them on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, whatever you can find, and let them know you're listening because they help us out so much. A lot of you guys maybe don't enter into the contests all the time. I wish you would. We like to, we want as many entries as possible, 
but these we people like make the show happen. Away. Yeah, and they they help us out. And your support, your acknowledging that they are thanking them for being a part of our show is very important to us. And also go to patreon.com and sign up if you would like to and contribute. Because, again, it helps us out. It improves things. We're going to MX Nations in a couple weeks. That's not that's being done a lot in part because of our Patreon listeners and, and their generosity. And I greatly appreciate it. But we would like to do a lot more of that, a lot more giveaways. We and the listeners, just having the listeners we have was able to get us uh, media passes, which gets yeah. Damien in there doing interviews, talking to people. So um, make sure you share the show. The bigger the show gets, the more it affords us to do for you. And I promise y'all, I know it may be hard to believe, but I don't think we've ever, I've never taken, we've never taken anything out of the show. We've never gotten a dollar. We do it because we love the sport and we love doing this stuff. So Sure. Yeah, absolutely. I love it. I enjoy it. And um, it feeds Dark Side's ego. So. Oh, Jesus. Here we go. <laughs> anyway, so um, a sad note this week, passing to Tyler Evans. Um, that was really that period of time where I wasn't involved in the sport very much. I kind of got away from it. So I don't have a lot of history of him. I remember, you know, I saw him the race in there. Yeah, but I don't know all those stories really well. I mean, I just, I wasn't involved. I remember him being in, like, Supercross the movie. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, but I know it's, you know, it. I guess he had some demons and... That seems like to be the the reason the the cause of maybe his passing, and that's scary. Um, you know, we hear a lot of you. We hear Kenny Watson, who's been on Pulp numerous times, talking about that stuff. And man, you know, it's sad. The the drugs and alcohol, they 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 can get a hold of some people and do some damage. What you got there? Oh, oh I was okay. working on sound right, stuff. I, I, I thought we had a problem. No, no, no. So anyway, um, yeah, great show tonight. We're gonna go ahead and. We're going to take a little break, but we're going to post in between now and the first guest these pre-recorded calls. I will also, once again, apologize for the sound quality. Sometimes, like when I do the podium segments that I do on Thursdays and this, I just do it from my phone. I record it straight off my phone, so it doesn't sound as good as it does running through the board. But I, I think you guys will enjoy listening to our winners receive their uh, being told that they won their Amsoil. All right, guys, we'll be back. All right, on the Moto X Pod tonight, we have the winner of the Amsoil gift pack. Um, our winner is Carrie Knox. Carrie, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing pretty good. How are you? I'm doing real good. So we took a bunch of emails, and we had a bunch of people give us their reasons why they should be the winner. And myself and some of the other guys on the show and Dane Evans with Amsoil all looked at them, and we chose you to be the winner. That's awesome. Yeah, so I wanted you to give me a little bit of your background. Like, um, the first email you sent me was talking about your first bike and, and the, how you started your relationship with your boyfriend, who is privateer Ben Lee. Why don't you give us a little bit of that story so the listeners kind of know what, why we picked you? Uh, sure. So I got a KX100 now, a little over a year ago and blew it up the very first time I rode it. Uh, <laughs> The beginning of Ben and my relationship was him fixing my bike, and I would just sit there and watch him do, you know, all sorts of stuff that was way over my head. Um, and so once he got it fixed and up running, I needed new tires, and I was pretty determined to do it on my own. So I spent, like, an entire week every day after work trying to change these tires, watching videos, going right. by my local shop and asking questions. 
Are you there? Hello? Oh, yeah, I'm, I was listening. Yeah. Uh, sorry. Uh, anyways, um, in the end, I never was able to change my tire. I actually ripped through the bead of two separate tires. Wow. Um, I don't know. <laughs> it was That was my goal, so. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, you, you, you made it sound like, you know, I mean, you really, what I think is really cool is that you really want to know how to work on these things. Like, you're not... You love riding. I see your stuff on Instagram, and you go do these trail rides, and you motor down with Ben, but you don't want him to just work on your bike so you can go ride. You want to be able to do all this by yourself, which I think is pretty <laughs> rad. I mean, yeah, and, you know, Ben's a extremely fast um, privateer rider, and I'm sure he teaches you all kinds of cool things, but you, you said, you know, hey, you want to have the equipment and the parts and the oils to do all this work yourself, and we just thought that was really cool. So, I mean, what kind of riding do you do most of the time? Do you do trail riding, uh, or, or do you go out and do some mo- a little motocross with Ben? I, I just started getting into motocross. The woods are a little more forgiving for yeah. me being a beginner. Um, so, I'm just getting comfortable where I can jump some doubles and That's cool. race and some races. Uh, but we do a lot of hair scrambles. We're in Tennessee, and there's a whole bunch around here. So, that, that's mostly what I've been doing. Okay, yeah, I had a, a chance to meet you and Ben at Muddy Creek, and you guys were awesome, and it was really really cool to, to see how you guys work together and support each other. I think that's just amazing. And But, yeah, we um, Dane wanted to be on the phone with us tonight, but he, he got real sick today, so he wasn't able to make the call. But, he, uh, like I said, he, he's our Amsoil dealer, and he had a little say in this or a, an opinion, and he also thought you were one of the best letters, and we just agreed that you deserve the oil. So we'll be shipping that out, and probably tomorrow I'll ship it to you, and okay. you should get that in a few days. But, again, I really appreciate you entering and being a part of it, and we're excited that somebody – especially it's cool to have a female win. I mean, that's pretty neat. <laughs> so um, we have a few female listeners. You also entered into the, the Fly Women's Light Hydrogen – gear contest which we're going to announce that winner probably later this week but thank you very okay. much for cool. entering and i i appreciate it and we're very excited that you're the winner yeah thank you i also appreciate it well carrie once you get this oil and you learn to do some some more of this stuff and get some races if you start racing we need to get you back on and, and have you tell some of those stories too how, how that's going for you okay that sounds good <laughs> all right carrie thanks you have a good night and uh good uh, congratulations Thank you. All right. We'll see you later. Thanks. All right. I am on the line with one of our, uh, he's kind of a surprise winner of the Amsoil oil kit, uh, or a prize from Amsoil. We've got, and we also have Dane Evans with Mad Jack Synthetics on the line to tell our winner, Mr. Brandon Kerr, uh, what he's won. Brandon, first of all, we really appreciate you, you know, uh, come, entering the contest we had a lot of really cool emails, and it was very difficult to decide. Um, what you know? What made you enter to begin with? Um, you know, I mean, obviously, uh, just try to get some free oil. I mean, uh, <laughs> every little bit helps. Sure. <laughs> um, you know, uh, my whole family rides. Uh, you know, we really enjoy going out to the track and stuff. So I'm in charge of maintaining everything and. Yeah, I'm sure you guys know it gets expensive. Absolutely. Well, and like I said, uh, Mr. Dane Evans, one of our awesome sponsors with Mad Jack Synthetic Oils, Amsoil, is online with us. Dane, how are you doing today? I'm good. Trust me, Brandon, I know how expensive it gets. <laughs> me and my son were racing together, and for three or four years straight, he was chasing number one plates in three different 
modes of racing. And uh, so we were racing 40 weekends a year, roughly. Jeez. So I know how expensive racing gets. Listen, it, it, the guys at the podcast, Jamie and, and TJ and whatnot, they really had a tough time choosing on some of these stories. And, and they really felt like there was more than one deserving winner. So Jamie contacted me and said, hey, I got, I got people here that I really think are deserving. And I said, you know what? Send me the stories. So he did. I read them over. Jamie and I talked. Darkside and I talked. And, and um, I really felt like your story was deserving of something just a little more than a free quart of oil and, and uh, a can of chain lube. So, you know, you'd mentioned that you just wanted to get a quart of oil and save a little money. I want to, on behalf of the Moto X pod show, because they called me and said, what can we do for this guy? I want to save you a lot of money. So what we're going to do is Amsoil has a wholesale program where you buy direct from Amsoil at wholesale prices, which means you're going to save about 30% off of what you see at Amsoil.com. We're going to set you up on that program for a year so you can take care of not only your motorcycles, but your cars, your trucks that you use to haul the motorcycles out to the track or wherever you go riding. You're going to be able to save on everything. You, I don't care if you have a lawnmower in your garage that takes oil. Amsoil has a product that's going to, you know, be um, designed for that application. So I'm going to set you up. You'll get my contact information from Jamie, and um, and then contact me after we're done here some point in time, and I'll get all the information I need from you, and we're going to set you up on a wholesale program for a year. Oh, that's awesome. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thank the guys at the MotoX podcast, man. It's all on them. Yeah, everyone. <laughs> so that's awesome. Well, we appreciate you listening, Brandon. And, uh, you know, I mean, you've entered yeah. a number of the contests. And, I mean, you, you're always very supportive. And I've got your email right here. And I just got a couple of lines kind of underlined that I thought were pretty cool. Um, it says, you know, I'm 29, have a house, an amazing girl, and two awesome kids. One is nine on a quad like her mom for now, and my little man is two and a half. Just took his first few rides on a Strider bike with no feet down. It's a proud papa moment, which I thought that was pretty awesome. I mean, you're obviously a family man. Um, you know, you said, hey, I'm kind of like I always say, I'm nothing spectacular on a bike, and I ride the oldest bike out of everyone. You're just out there trying yeah. to have fun, basically, and, you know, and taking care of your family's equipment and maintaining. Yeah, that's a lot of work. It's a lot of money, and... um you know, um, you know, Dane stepped up. It's it, it's really cool package. I think this wholesale um, deal where you know you get you're gonna get a really you're gonna save a lot in the end at the end of the year, and it's gonna be save you more than just a quarter oil and a chain loop chain loop like you said. Yeah, most definitely. That's awesome. <laughs> well, awesome, Brandon. Man, I appreciate it. I appreciate you listening. I appreciate you being a part of the show and helping us out. And uh, Dane, of course, everything you do for us is amazing. We love your products and. Um, we just we always thank you for being involved. Hey, and I I got to thank you guys too. I got a little surprise gift box in the mail for being a Patreon subscriber. Thank you so much to Eagle Grit and um, all the other goodies, shock socks, and everything that was in there. That was a shock to me. I didn't know it was coming. So thank you for taking care of your subscribers, your listeners, and Brandon. Thanks for listening to the Moto X Pod Show. You and I will talk soon, 
and uh, we'll get you hooked up, dude. Awesome. Looking forward to it. Well, Brandon, thanks so much. Thanks. Oh, go ahead, Dane. Hey, I just want to thank I just want to thank Brandon for submitting a, a submission to the, uh, um, the the giveaway, and I encourage everybody out there on the Moto X Pod Show when these guys are giving something away. Get in on it because you never know what's going to come of it. There might be some little extras they're not telling you about out right. there. So, so get in on the contest and and let's all show our support for the Moto X Pod Show. All right, guys. Well, I yeah, really appreciate definitely. it. And uh, yeah, well, we'll continue to do this, Brandon, and stick with us, man. The show's only going to get bigger and better. I hope and more cool things to come. Awesome. Thank you very much, guys. Okay. Thanks, thanks. Dark Side. All right. Thanks, guys. We are back with our first guest of the night, who is brought to you by our title sponsor, Torque One Racing, torqueoneracing.com. Torque One Racing is an organization founded by individuals with passion for the racing industry. Their mission is to provide high-quality, economical performance products like grips, levers, shifters, brake pedals, and foot pegs. First guest of the night is the owner of Torque One Racing, Mr. Johnny Limp. What is up, Johnny? Same old stuff, different day, living the dream out here in Texas. Yeah, man. Like, well, let's start with that, man. You started this company. I think you were on the West Coast. What brought you to Texas? Um, gosh, I, I don't even know if we have enough time to discuss all that. <laughs> um, no, I, you know, part of it was just wanting to get out of California and, and to, um, you know, the business climate's great here. Yeah, it, it really is. And 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 you know, I, I think the other thing that's really important is Moto is strong in Texas. There's there's this there's this belief that California is just the mecca of motocross, and to an extent it is. But honestly, moto's bigger out here than it is in California. I would say from from being a Texan and looking at it, it's more like this moto, as I'm throwing air quotes up, lifestyle is real big in California. But motocross racing and people riding dirt bikes stuff like that is is definitely huge here. Oh, a- absolutely. I mean, the first race we went to, it was cold as can be out. I couldn't even <laughs> believe people were riding. And, you know, coming from California, you sit there and you're going, what are these people thinking? Because, you know, you hit 40, 50 degrees in California, you're like, oh, man, it's too cold to ride. Right, right. But, but we show up at a race and we're just sitting there going, holy, like, there were eight, 900 people. Yeah. And well, I, I, I couldn't believe it. I, I it was amazing. We definitely will race whenever we can. I mean, pretty much year round here. Well, yeah, and you, you kind of have to, you know, in a sense, because the last couple of weekends we've had rain and more rain this weekend. So you got to squeeze it in when you can. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and you, I guess you just grow accustomed to it. You know, I lived in California when I was a teenager and never really thought about the fact that it hardly ever rained out there. You get here and you know, you hell, you want to go riding. So you go ride in the mud if you have to. That's it. You know, you, you do what you got to do, but it also, you know, what it also shows you is that there's a strong passion for it. People are enthusiasts here. They're it's committed to it. And very I think, true. I think, I think it's great. It's a great environment for anyone to be in. And especially for the young riders, you know, they're, they're surrounded. The motocross family here is amazing. Absolutely amazing. I totally agree. I totally agree. I mean, hell, just like, 
you know, you and I had con- conversed, I think, through email a little bit, text, and then I, I met you at uh, South Central, and I was like, I felt like we were instant buddies, you know? I mean, it was just like, yeah, you just, you, it's, it is a family, and it happens very quickly. It's, it's pretty great. What You're we right. Do. It does, and, and that's, that's the thing. I, I mean, there's, there's people I've known out in California for years, and there's people I've known here for a couple of years. And I feel like I've known them a lifetime. Yeah. There's just that genuine, sincere relationship and bond out here that's really, really great. Um, and and I, I just have the utmost respect for it. Well, being like like I said, from being around motocross and 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 you know that that's like a family deal. What I guess that leads me to the question: What got you into motocross even before the business? I mean, did you ride as a kid? How did all that start? Yeah, you know, I rode as a kid. Um, I've been in the action sports industry my entire life. Um, but I've always, I've always enjoyed twisting the throttle. You know, it's just something that, and it's funny too, because as I get older, it kind of gets harder to, to stay out there and, and you get a little frustrated with the younger guys cause they're just, <laughs> they're making you look slow. Right. But you know, you, you have to step back out of that and, and just remember like you're doing this because you love to do it because you're passionate about it. Um, I'm going crazy right now because the last couple of weekends I haven't been able to ride. And so now I'm thinking, okay, well, shutting down business early on Thursday before <laughs> the rain comes and heading out to the track. Yeah. You know, it's, it's like a kid in a candy store and you got to enjoy it while you can, man. I mean, it's, it's, there's just, you know, I think the other thing too is I've seen riding evolve so much over, you know, since I've been doing it, which has been a long time. The bikes are amazing now. It's just unbelievable what these bikes are producing in regards to horsepower and so on. I think back to myself being on a, on a 125 or 252 stroke in the (laughs) nineties. Right. Right. And you just kind of laugh at it, you know? Yeah. It's, it's a huge difference when you see guys out there. I mean, there's, there's some guys going fast on two strokes, but man, yeah, the, the power of these bikes and the, the throttle response and man, it's, it's a big, big difference than what it was 20 years ago. For sure. It's amazing how far they've come. Oh, absolutely. And if you would have asked me 20 years ago, would you ever see a fuel-injected dirt bike, period? Right. I would have thought, no way. Furthermore, a fuel-injected two-stroke, I would have thought, <laughs> no way. Well, actually, you up, know? up until I think Honda did something about it, there was a rule in AMA against it. It had to have a carburetor for a long right. time. So, yeah, and then obviously Honda stepped in and, you know, flexed their muscles a little bit and got that fixed. So, to the pleasure of every four stroke out there, rider out there <laughs> right, now, no right. more, no more bogging coming at the face of a jump or stuff <laughs> no like more that. Cutting out. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and you know, it's always nice to have someone like Honda that can flex muscle like that. Agreed. So Johnny, I want to ask you, one of our listeners sent this question in, uh, Garrett Rockley. He's a longtime listener and he wants to know what inspired you to get into the hard parts industry. What, what made that decision for you? Um, you know, after being in the industry and working with, you know, specifically with the companies, you, you know, at the end of the day, you have to, gosh, man, it, it, it's, it's a conscious thing to, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. Um, working with companies that just honestly produce whatever they can produce just to make sales. And I, I think that's just the wrong way to do business. I think, you know, if, if you're not willing to use it yourself, then it shouldn't be on the market. Yeah. You know, and, and I think a lot of companies forget that 
safety, you know, quality and safety have to be the first and foremost, by all means. And if you're putting something out there and you know it's not good, you, you just can't do that. There's just too much at stake when a guy, when anyone, male, female, whoever, gets on a dirt bike and starts twisting throttle. It, you just can't do it. You know, so I think, I think that, for the most part, is what kind of drove me because I, I kind of felt like, hey, you know what? I can do things better. I can make a difference. Um, it's not about making a million dollars. It's about doing it right and building a brand and build, building the following, building the loyalty, you know, being loyal to your customers. You know, one thing I can say about us is we pretty much know all of our customers on a first-name basis. We either see them at the tracks or, you know, if they're a sponsored or retail customer throughout the country, they're loyal. And you call us up and we end up having 30-minute conversations with them and, oh, you know, eventually they end up placing an order or whatever. But there's just that connection. There's that yeah. bond. And I think that's important. You know, yeah, you got to survive. you got to make money. But at what expense? Well, I was, talk I was talking earlier before we got you on the show here and – I said something that hopefully you realize is like an amazing compliment. But for me, when I first ordered a product from, from y'all stuff, actually I seen it on somebody else's bike. I'd seen the name and the prices were low enough that you would think, oh, it's going to be adequate stuff. But when you actually get those parts in your hands and see the quality is built in there, I, I, I either don't know how y'all make such a quality. And this is, this is before y'all had anything to do with the show. I mean, we were, we were buying stuff from y'all. But they, um, what's it called? It was a, I don't know how you make a product that's that good of quality for that price or why everybody else is raping everybody. <laughs> you, you know, and, and, and first of all, I mean, that's an amazing compliment. And that right there is what drives me every day. Um, it, it's, not, it's not easy by any means, but there is a way to do it. And you just have to be, business savvy in a sense. Um, I don't want to say all companies are raping, you know, it's, it, it, it's, I, I, you know, I think that's a premature judgment on in some sense, but I, I do get where you're coming from. Um, you know, there's a lot of companies out there that just, they, they put their products out at market price, so on and so on. And it's either the same as whatever else anybody else is doing, or it's a, it's a knockoff and so on. And, that, and, that, yeah. and that's fine. Teach their own. You know, that's not us, though. Um, we're more of, you know, the quality versus quantity mentality. Yeah, well, and that's key because, look, we know, we talk about this all the time, the sport is very expensive. And guys like myself and TJ and yourself, we're just regular guys. And to, you know, when you, you want to make your – look, especially for us vets, we want our bikes to look good because we're not going very fast. So you want a quality product, and you want a product that looks good, but you can't afford to spend thousands of dollars on aftermarket products all the time. So yeah, your business uh, that you know that the the quality over quantity and all that that's that's very key. I think that's really important, and it's going to do you guys a lot of good. And as you continue to grow, I think I think so too, man. I, and and I, I really appreciate that. And you know the other thing too is us that guys. We need all the help we can get. So <laughs> yeah. if the products look good and they, and they help us ride better, well, it's a win-win. Right, right. I just want products that will stand up to my kid putting 20 or 30 hours a week on his bike. <laughs> that's that's it, you know, and, and that's that's the um, 
that's the trade, you know, and, and, and with some of our products, you know, we don't make typical margins that we should be making, mm-hmm. but, you know, we know the qualities there. And so, you know, we sacrifice a little bit, you know, and, and, and I think that's just what you have to do. You know, again, you have to remember at the end of the day, putting a product out there is great. Putting a product out there that has quality and that people are proud of, well, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. You know, and, and Go ahead. It's hard to achieve that. Yeah, I'm sure there's a lot of people that try to just, you know, there might be people that come in with a bunch of money and with whatever the product may be and try to make something that's not top quality just to get their foot in the door and, and make some money. And if you're if you're really trying to do it for top quality and be long-lasting, it seems like you're on the right track from everything I've seen. I, I've definitely uh, I've I've put I started to put my order in today for my brake lever and shifter, but the shifter's still out of stock, so I'm gonna wait until that's on the website. But I can't wait to get some of those products on my bike. It's good, man, and, and you'll like it. And you know, we you know, by all means, we're not perfect. Sure, we we've had some issues with some products. Um, one thing I feel we're extremely good about is we pay attention to the feedback and I think that ultimately that comes first. You know, you have to listen to what your consumers are saying. Um, and then apply those, you know, look for the consistencies, apply them to the changes or the revised product lines or the new introductions, so on and so on. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's not easy, but it's not hard. You can make it hard, but if you stay on top of it, it actually is quite easy. Right. Well, and you mentioned earlier about the sport being a family, and one of the things that I've noticed in the in the short time that I've known you, your family's always with you at the track. Your wife's there helping out. Your son's there making laps. What does that mean to you? You know, what does that mean to have your family involved with this family sport and and your business? You know, because you're 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 promoting your business while you're at the track. Um, you know, I I think a lot of it is. I think it's just overall support, you know. I mean, mm-hmm. the one thing about our industry is is you go to the track, you go to the races, and you, you see that family atmosphere. And that's that's really what's amazing about it. You know, since we've been out here, um, we're, we're members at Swan. We go to Swan all the time. Uh, we do all the races there, so on and so on. And we've created, like, incredible relationships with all these other kids and their parents and so on and so on. And that's, that's really like what it's all about. It's, it's, it's creating this, it's just enlarging the family, you know, and, and it, it it is great. It's a great feeling to, to get out there. Um, you know, my daughters used to ride, they don't ride anymore. I wish they still did. Mm -hmm. Um, but you know, they're doing their thing and so on. Um, you know, right now it's it's my son and I. <laughs> yeah, it, it seems to be like every weekend we're we're doing the best we can to get out there, other than the weather and so on. Um, but again, you know, it's 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 almost like the mentality of it takes a family to 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 grow a family in a sense, you know, and it's got to start somewhere. That's just kind of you know, and, and it is. It's awesome. It's awesome to see 
the same people out at the track all the time and build those relationships and get out there and ride. And I mean, my, you know, my son, we go to Swan and he knows every kid there. <laughs> That's great. And it's awesome, man. You can't beat that. Like, it, you know, it's better than him sitting on Xbox. Absolutely. 100% agree. So. Yeah. Um, so you were involved with uh, Traders Yamaha. Um, yeah. You know, how that, how, how, what was that like being, and I know you've been, had other involvement with other pro teams and stuff. I think you've, you've had, you've been in the industry for a while, but what was that like? You know, what is that, you know, I'm trying to think of the way I want to word this. I don't. I don't know if being on the factory rig and having your logo out there, how that helps you, or or, you know, what kind of feedback you get from that. But you know, um, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, that, that's go ahead. You, I think you got the idea what I was asking. I didn't. Yeah, know. yeah. You know, um, actually, being involved with traders was really easy. Um, they were actually probably one of the simplest teams we've ever worked with. Um, easiest to please and so on, just getting them the parts, you know, stuff for the bikes and so on. Um, you know, having the logo on the truck, I, I think it, it really just kind of legitimizes the brand more, right. you know, when they see it on the super haulers and the, in the semi truck. Um, truthfully, I don't know how much you benefit from a sales perspective. It's really hard to gauge how you benefit from that, from a sales perspective. Um, but definitely getting the brand name out there, you know, seeing it at Supercross, seeing it at the outdoors, wherever you see it, at the races, I, you know, it's going to help. It, it, it's something that just, you know, it's seen and it sticks in people's heads and, you know, it's brand acknowledgement. Yeah, I mean, it, I thought it was really cool. You know, I, I met you for the first time. You reminded me of this. Um, it was, I think, Dallas 16, I think, or was that 17? It was 16. No, 17, um, 2017. 17, at, yeah. Yeah, and um, you were set up outside one of the dealerships at a signing, and we talked, and I mean, you know, I didn't really know you then. I just remember seeing the logo, and then I saw it on the side of the trader's truck, and I was like, oh, man, that's really cool, you know? And and then I got a chance to meet you again, and, and it's like I, I, re- I sent you an e- uh, a email for the show, you know, at requesting sponsorship help, and you're like, hell, let's just do it. You know? Yeah. I was like, wow, this is awesome. And I, you know? I, I think – it's obvious you I want to support I you the following week. Yeah. Yeah. I can't or something. Yeah. Yeah. We, we were there two weeks in a row. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, and that's, but see, see, Jamie, that's a great thing. You know, it's, it's again, you see it, you see him at Supercross, you see him at the track and, and that's what's great about the motocross family. They're, they're everywhere. Definitely. And there's that camaraderie, you know, and, I think that's I think that's what it, what makes it special, you know. Oh, I agree. Uh, it, it look it, there's a lot of hobbies that are fun. I don't think there's that sure. many hobbies that are bring to the table what moto brings as far as you got the bench racing and you got watching the the pro races on TV and and the, and shooting the shit with your buddies and then going to the track and hanging out and having your family there and camping out and sure. there's so many and then also the competition and whether it be just with your within yourself trying to do better or beat your buddies or beat the guys you don't know and you're sitting at the line like this weekend at South Central at their first race I'm sitting there at the line waiting to be put into the gate and there's guys on either side of me that I've never seen before in my life and they're like hey dude what's up man you know what's your name you know where are you from and it's just I, there's no other environment like it no there isn't man and, and that's what's great about it and in 
right then and there, you know, you're creating that relationship and it's starting there. And, and the best thing about it is who knows where it's going to go, but typically it goes in the right direction. Right, and and right. it's like I said earlier, you know, we've met so many people. I mean, our, our mentality out at the races, the door's always open, come on by, hang out, you know, and, and it's not, it's not about selling product. It's not about brand recognition. It's about hanging out with the family of people. So it sounds like you are like just full blown, just the moto head guy like us. So the next event we have coming up is moto donations. Uh, first question, are you going to be there? And then what are your thoughts on the race? Um, Oh gosh, I'm going to, no, I will not be there. And my thoughts, I mean, like, like, do you think we're going to win? Is it like a hands down, like everybody else does think that this should be America's America's first win in a while? Well, I'm not going to lie. I, I, I'm hoping it is. <laughs> I really am. Um, you know, I consider myself a realist. And, um, you know, I, 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 I like who's riding for us. Yes. But it wouldn't, you know, not necessarily been my choice, per se. Oh, I got you. Okay, so. You know what I'm saying? I mean, look, you know, it, it, it's, it's. Like I said, I'm a, I'm a realist, you know, and I, and I look at stuff and I go, you know, and, and that's, that's my, it's just my opinion, you know, I mean, right. for sure, I'd love for us to take it home. Absolutely. You know, I mean, to me, there's nothing better than a win for the USA. What but, I, what I would have loved to seen is all these other countries that we can race for with Puerto Rico and Guam, Guam and the different countries. It, we just stack all those countries <laughs> with our top guys, and we just sweep the podium. Right. Americans yeah. sweep the podium. Yeah. That would have been awesome. Could have yeah. Blake and West. Well, Weston's having surgery, but still, yes. you know, Jason all, Anderson, Jason, all the top guys <laughs> yeah. in different in these different countries, and they just do uh, one, two, three. Our nine nine best riders. <laughs> <laughs> That's it, man, and that'd be awesome. That would be pretty cool. Well, let me. So, so what would your perfect team this year have been? If, you know, you who would you have picked oh, if you were picking? Um, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. You know, I, am I'm, I'm one of those individuals that I'll sit there and I, I, I seriously just analyze every rider, their, 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 their pros and cons, you know, their strengths and so on. And, yeah. um, I guess I probably overanalyze stuff. I'm a little too analytical about stuff. Um, I don't know. That's, that's a good question. And, and so, Okay. It goes to show you how wishy-washy I can be on stuff. Um, no, no. I mean, seriously, though. Right, I right. mean, you know, I just made a statement that it's not what I would consider the perfect team, but here I made that statement not even really taking into consideration who I think would be the perfect team. Um, you know, but, I mean, I'll put that together. Well, if Baggett's not on there, then it can't be the perfect team. I'm a huge Baggett fan, so he has to be on You, you know there. what? And so am I. I think, I think the kid's a great rider, especially outdoors. He just... He's phenomenal. Yeah. Just couldn't get over injuries and stuff this year. It's... Well, my team is going to be Ken Roxon, Jeremy McGrath, <laughs> and you got to throw and Bubba. in there, right? And well, Bubba. I'm going Honda guys. So, oh yeah, I'll take yeah. yeah, I'll take James. You got to put Bubba in on there, a Honda. Right? Yeah, on James a on a Honda on a Honda. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, it's it's always good for a little showtime. I mean, sure. let, let's 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 face it. Jeremy's a legend for a reason. So. Yeah, definitely. That was my era for sure when I first got into the sport. Um, hey, I got a question for you. I had sent you a text mm -hmm. about this. You you did a little on your Instagram page. Um, you guys did a little sneak peek on a clutch perch you guys have coming out. 
Yes. I've had some people, when I reposted that, and I've had people ask me, hey, where is that? It's not on the website. Do you have a, Do you have a time frame that you hope to have it out by? Well, initially, um, the time frame was supposed to be by the end of this year. Okay. Ready for, you know, spring 2019. Mm-hmm. However, um, the one thing we've kind of struggled with since we've been um, out in Texas is we don't have immediate access to the bikes like we used to. Oh, yeah. So, you know, for instance, when we're out in California, super simple. Go to the magazines, you know, high torque, publications, dirt bike, motocross action, trans world, whatever. And we could get access to the bikes way be- way before they hit the, the, the showroom floor. Sure. Well, now we don't have that anymore. So, it's it, you know, we're delayed and delayed and delayed. And, um, you know, like Cali threw us for a wrench this year hydraulic clutch, new brake lever, so on and so on, electric start. So now we're kind of back to the drawing board. Um, we got to take into consideration all the electric start mechanism for the bikes and just basically work that into the clutch perch so that when we do launch it, it can accommodate all these new bikes. I bet that's stressful. Yeah, that's I hadn't even thought about that. It's, it's stressful in the sense that it's hard to keep up. And you sure. kind of, you know, the, the good thing is, is typically when a new bike comes out, it's there's really no major changes to our product for three to five years. Right. Um, sometimes longer. You know, I mean, Honda, you know, they've had the same foot peg fitment for years and so on and so on. And um, same with Yamaha. And, but, um, you know, it's just keeping up with it and getting access to them. You know, I end up going and checking fitment. I'm either at... Grapevine KTM Kawasaki or Maxim Yamaha um, Honda, mm-hmm. Denton Super Cycles or Sport Cycles, whatever it's called, Adventure Moto, wherever I can get my hands on a bike or the model that I need is where I got to go. So it's stressful, but it's really it's crazy time-consuming. I, I can imagine, yeah. yeah. We... Sometimes you check it three or four times depending on, you know, if the sample's correct, if the fitment's correct. So, it, it, I mean, it could take months. Right. Um, and how many employees do you have working with you that help you with that kind of stuff? Whether, you know, the manufacturing and the, the, the website, the shipping. I and... do, I do all the R and D myself, oh, okay. all the R and D design development stuff myself. Um, I'm pretty particular about that stuff. Uh, and I don't like rushing anything. So I would rather just set it aside and kind of regroup my thoughts on it and so on, and then come back to it and introduce it when it's ready. Um, you know, we have, you know, just like every other business, you have accounting and shipping and customer service and so on. Yeah, well, um, I met one of your guys, and I don't remember his name, at the track. Um, Derek. Derek, yeah. So, and what what is he, what is his involvement? Um, he does a lot of sponsorship, rider support, order okay. processing, stuff like that. And and how does, how does that, how does somebody get involved with, or uh, in touch with you about that and, and try to get you know on board with torque one as a sponsor um go to our website you know we are pretty picky we just don't hand out sponsorship to anyone sure uh we we, we do get requests for sponsorship and we get them from some pretty impressive people um you know, or the resumes are pretty impressive um but you know it's one of those things it you know and they'll a lot of times they'll come back to us and go oh you offered me this discount can you do any better and you know, the, real, the reality is, too, is uh, about the situation is when you're offering a sponsored rider a discount, it, it's really a privilege. 
you're getting products at a cheaper price or free based on the sponsorship and so on. And unfortunately, a lot of times it's abused in our industry. Yes. You know, so we've had to really kind of step back and go, look, this is the most we're going to offer. You have to be really special to get anything more than that. And um, the other thing, too, is we have a, um, you know, we have a commitment to our industry overall. And, and what I mean by that is, you know, there's dealers that sell our product. Well, you know, if the, if, the, if the kid wants sponsorship, well, a lot of times we'll direct them to his local dealer that sells our product, let them work with them, hand, you know, one-on-one. Mm-hmm. Why? Because they're there. And maybe there's other things they can help him with. You know, the dealer stays in the loop. They keep selling our products. They're happy. We're not, we're not underselling the dealer in any way. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, and I think that's important, too, because as much as online's great, brick and mortar is still great. You know, there's nothing like going into a dealer and seeing the bikes and, and being able to touch stuff and, 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 and just see it firsthand, you know. I mean, again, online's great. And if you know what you're looking for, that's awesome. But if, you, if you're trying to go in a different direction, well, where else can you go but a dealer? No, you're right. And that's, that's why they're there. And I mean, yeah, we want to keep those dealerships in business and, and people going through the doors because that, that's the last thing we need is for these guys to have to start closing down. So yeah, supporting Absolutely. your local dealerships. Where are we going to get our bikes? Exactly. Supporting your local dealerships. Uh, it's, it's a, a very big deal. And I, I think a lot of people do buy their hard parts probably online from some of these bigger, uh, you know, the BTOs and then the Rocky mountains and stuff, but sure, absolutely. But going in, walking in, like you say, and being able to put your hands on a, a helmet or put your hands on some levers or, or your grips, mm-hmm. you know, that's, you know, I, a lot of people are really are particular about their grips, you know, so you, something, yeah. you go in there and get a feel for them. That's, that's an important deal. Touch, touch and feels everything, you know, yeah. and I've had, I've had parents say to me and I've had their kids say to me, well, I'll just order it online. And I sit there and I go, okay, but, how do you order something online that you've never worn before? Exactly. Yeah. You know, every helmet fits kind of different. Yep. Every, every glove, jersey, pant, boot, so on and so on, every brand slightly different. So how do you do it? And You know, and really the only way to do it is to go into a dealer. And it's not just that. It's building a relationship with a dealer. Mm-hmm. I, I've talked Absolutely. With, with the local kids and with my son about, like, you go to these dealers, you you buy there, you get to know, you know the parts guys. So they know you, and they don't get better unless we're there. And um, I, and I, this is coming from a guy who's been a parts guy. I've owned my own repair shop for many years. Um, and just coming in and talking to people is what makes a huge difference. Oh, agreed. And 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 again, you know, if it, you step back out of the shell for a second, that's where the relationship starts again, and that's how the family's created. You know, right. it, there's there's dealers and so on, and and I see, you know, owners of dealers out at the track, and I ride with them, and, and that's what's great. You know, yeah. they're, they're they're just regular guys, just like us. They're they're in it for the same reason because they love doing it, and um, you know, I think it's really good. To, you know, there's there's enough out there to support everyone, whether it's online, brick and mortar, and so on. Um, and and I think. You know, as a business in this industry, it's important for us to make that commitment to support everyone. That's right. You know, not just focus on online, not just focus on brick and mortar. There's enough there for everyone. And if you do it right and you play your cards right, 
and you run your business the right way, it can be done. Well, like you're talking about family, we appreciate you coming into the Moto X Pod family. That means a lot to us, and um, and not only that, just an amazing company. Because uh, I'm sure, like you are, and like other people, and like Chris Kiefer has a podcast. They don't just take anybody in as sponsors; only people that, that know that they have good quality products. And we're the same way. And I mean, it's I really want to. Yeah, I like to say thank you while I got you on the air. Yeah, I appreciate thank you, coming, you guys. I appreciate you coming no, on board you, as the title sponsor of the Moto X Pod Show. You're you're very welcome, and we appreciate you guys very much. And in the future, if you guys need anything, you know how to get a hold of me. Yeah, definitely. I actually need to. I want to get some of your grips in stock. We, I, I'll get with you if if you're up to it. But you know, I, I set up at all the local races when I can. I'm an X brand goggles rep, and I, I'm repping some other companies, but. I had some X-Brand grips with me this weekend at South Central, and the kid next to me needed new grips, but he wanted fluorescent colors, which I did not have. So I need to oh. maybe get with you about getting some of your grips in stock, and then I can sell them at the tracks if, you, if you're down. You, you got it. Um, and we have, in the lock-on grips, we have new lock-on grip styles coming out along with new lock-on grip fluorescent colors. Yeah. And they're insane. They awesome. look great. Yeah, I'll get with you, and I think that the kids seem to like those. The fluorescent colors are back, so we'll. Uh, you you want to know what's crazy? Our number one selling grip to the youth, pink, pink. I the see, 90s pink, are I see back. pink coming back, dude. My first set of r- real riding gear was the O'Neill gear that was one leg was pink and the other was blue, and on the back oh they were gosh, reversed. You just yourself big time. Dude, I'm old. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm like 75 years old or something. I think. No, that's what I feel like. <laughs> All right, Johnny. Well, all right, guys. Thanks, Have man. a good evening. Right? You too. We appreciate you coming on, and we will talk to you soon. All right, man. Soon. You guys likewise. All right. Bye. Bye. Johnny Limp, Torque1Racing.com. Check them out. It's T O R C, the number one racing.com. They have some bitching products. It's actually really, really cool. I'm telling you, it was blown away the first time I got my hands yeah. on some of their products handlebars, levers, pegs. Suit coming soon, clutch purchase, grips, quality, all kinds of cool stuff. Check them out. And as I always say, if you order something, let them know that we sent you. Uh, I think we're going to work on getting some giveaways and probably some discount codes, possibly. Um, just stay tuned. We'll be back with Cheryl Crawford. Since 1998, Fly Racing has been focused on developing the best gear possible. With research and development, they have become a leader in safety and comfort. Fly Racing is worn by many of the top athletes in motocross and supercross, including Weston Pike, Blake Baggett, Zach Osborne, Andrew Short, Damon Bradshaw, and Adam and Tyler Antonap. Seven two Trey, I wear Fly, wear Fly too. 2019 Fly Racing line includes the popular Light Hydrogen, the new Evolution DST line, the all-new women's light line, a redesigned F2 helmet, the FR5 boot, and Zone and Zone Pro goggles. Fly Racing also has hard parts for mountain bike products and snow gear. Go to flyracing.com or check out your local dealer for more info. Hey Kylie, does your husband have to deal with leaking shafts? No way, Kathy. He uses shock socks, the original and number one 10-second removable fork sill protector. Looks like the best way to keep grit and grime out of your fork seals. So, if you don't want the headache and expense of constantly replacing fork seals, get Shock Socks. Go to shocksocks.com and visit them on Facebook to pick your color. And don't forget, they are available for street bikes too. Dark Side here. 
Are you guys in the market for a set of new custom graphics? Are you tired of the same old basic layouts the big box companies offer? Well, if so, then you need to check out MX Girl Designs. From custom graphic kits, stickers, reproductions, and even vintage, MX Girl does it all. Call or text Char at 936-828-1472 or email Char, C-H-A-R, at mxgirl.com, and that's mxgirl, G-U-R-L, and tell her Moto X-Pod sent you. Mad Jack Synthetics is an independent dealer of Amsoil Synthetic Oils. Amsoil has been around for 45 years and was the first company to bring synthetics to the general public in 1972. Since then, Amsoil has led the way in application-specific oils and fluids designed solely for your cars, trucks, motorcycles, boats, and more. We understand what your needs are when it comes to protecting your investments, whether it be your motorcycles or the vehicle you use to transport your motorcycles. Dane Evans and Mad Jack Synthetics is nationwide with customers and warehouses all across the USA and Canada. By joining the Preferred Customer Program, anybody can buy Anzoil products factory direct at wholesale pricing. Want to stock it at your shop or use it on your fleet of vehicles for your business? Would you like to become an Anzoil dealer and have a tax write-off for your trips to the track or trail and start selling Anzoil to your friends and fellow racers? With Amsoil, you get free shipping on orders over $100, even when you are a wholesale customer. Contact Dane Evans to find out how it all works. We at Mad Jack Synthetics are riders and racers just like the guys at the Moto X Pod Show. We know what you need to keep you in the game week in and week out. Amsoil Incorporated is a sponsor of many of your favorite series. Monster Energy Supercross, Snowcross, ATV MX, Daytona Bike Week, the Sturgis Motorcycle Rally, GNCC, King of the Hammers, Hot August Nights Car Show, and Motorcycle Mechanics Institute. Contact Dane and tell him the Moto X Pod Show sent you. Let him help you save money on your maintenance using Amsoil. Contact Dane at 805-531-9551 or toll free at 855-623-5225 or at madjackdiesel.shopamsoil.com. Like us and contact us on Facebook at Dane Amsoil Guy, on Twitter at Dane underscore Evans 393, and on Instagram at Dane underscore Amsoil Guy. What's up, Moto X Pod listeners? This is Darkside, and as motocross racers, one of our top priorities is safety. That's why All Sport Dynamics wrist braces are one of my favorite products. All Sport Dynamics sees themselves as the Picasso of safety braces. Their passion for design and developing beautiful braces never stops. They've had the privilege to work with some of the largest names in the sports industry and have established a reputation for always bringing innovation to the table with every brace. For the pro chasing the championship or the six-year-old whose mom wants to avoid a broken bone, please try All Sport Dynamic Wrist Braces. Go to motocrosswristbrace.com or check out Instagram at wristbraceguy or call 936-569-1003 and ask for Jeff Brewer or Gary White. And keep in mind, these are the wrist braces that Justin Bogle, Joey Savacci, Weston Pike, Adam Cianciarello, Matt Gerke, and Brock Tickle wear in their pro careers. Check them out, All Sports Dynamic Braces. All right, our next guest of the night is brought to you by MX Girl Designs, and it is Miss Cheryl Crawford. Uh, she is, or she was the X brand rep for Outdoor Nationals this year, and she is the wife of Pro Ben LeMay. Cheryl, how are you doing tonight? 
pretty good. How are you guys doing? We're doing good. We're just uh, doing this little podcast, talking a little motocross, and um, really excited about having you on. Thank you. So you just got back from Alaska. How was that? Yeah, it was pretty awesome. Um, We were up there for two weeks, and Ben did a moto camps on the weekend, Saturday and Sunday. Um, It was pretty fun. It was fun getting to work with the kids and then also getting to see family and all the northern lights hey cheryl do you have you got a little bit of a bad connection is is there a spot you can get a better signal yeah can you hear me now oh that's better yeah that's a lot better okay did you say you got to see the northern lights yeah we got to see the northern lights for the first time it was pretty sick that's awesome yeah i was following your you know on instagram and your 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 stories and everything and i was very jealous it's beautiful up there it really is amazing like i tell everybody you should go at least once or twice like once in the summer and once in the winter to experience the two opposites but yeah summers would, are so beautiful why would you want to go there in the winter time it's i know if you don't like cold then i don't know about it but <laughs> it's, it's interesting seeing the light the darkness you know last so long and right and that part of it is really, really crazy. Yeah, I think it would be a really neat experience. I mean, I don't love the cold, but at the same time, I don't love the heat, and I live in freaking East Texas, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, that's true. Well, Cheryl, I wanted, you know, I, I met you up at Millville. That was, um, of course, I've known Ben for a long time, and I, I've probably talked to you at Swan and whatnot here and there when I was talking to Ben, but that was the first time we really talked, and um, I'm an ex-brand rep out here in Texas, and you did – Basically, you were building the goggles for the for the pro riders that are sponsored by X Brand, and I want to know how that experience was for you. Um, it was, it was on. Actually, it was pretty easy, honestly. If I'm being honest about it. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it was a lot of work. You know, you want to make sure, especially at the beginning of it. I was just a little nervous because I wanted to make sure everything was done perfectly, and you know, nothing fell back on Ben or I with goggles. Sure. So. Um, there was a little bit of pressure at first, of course, and Rich is a super awesome guy, really nice, and um, yeah, he called Ben, and it and it and he needed a guy for the outdoors series, and Ben was like, well, my wife does my goggles with me, so if you needed her, and um, that's kind of how it started, but yeah, we just make sure the guys have fresh goggles for practice and the races each weekend. Um but yeah, we only had the two two mud races, so yeah. I was going to ask about that. How how yeah. much worse was that for you? You know, were were there any complaints when riders maybe you know, hey, they run out of roll off. Sometimes they get a little frustrated. We've heard about stories in the past. Did you have any issues? Um, I mean, not really. Um, we kind of had all the roll offs prepped for those weekends for backup in case guys wanted extra tear offs or if they wanted to do the roll offs. And there were a couple guys that had to toss their goggles. Ben had to. Um, but I wouldn't say, you know, that X-Brand had any, any more problems than yeah. you know, normal normal goggle companies have whenever it's a mutter like that. Sure. Well, speaking of normal, on like a normal day how, like uh, at the races, how does that go? I mean, do you show up, give them goggles, then pick them back up from them? I mean, I've heard people talk about goggle guys and goggle reps and but what is it you actually have to do every every day at the races? Yeah, that's um, that's basically what I do. I, ben and I both will get the goggles ready during the week, and then um, we show up to the race Friday um, morning, and then we pass the goggles out usually that, that day while everybody's at the track getting ready. 
and if there's anybody we miss, we wake up in the morning first thing and get there and just get the goggles to them Saturday morning. But afterwards, um, we just try to get back all the goggles that we can. And right during the day, if you know if there's anything that goes wrong, then I'm there and and I just check on the guys constantly to make sure they're good. And is there any like how do you decide like color waves that certain riders want certain colors or or some is it random sometimes you know certain teams uh you know we, you weren't there for supercross i guess doing it but like hep hep had was all sponsored by x brand i mean is there a, a, a format to it no no it's pretty random okay um, it's random so you know some guys obviously want certain colored lenses and those specifics but right yeah well, um, yeah, I, I'm I'm an expert. Everybody knows knows that I'm an expert guy. So I think Rich is one of the best company owners in the business. And it was really cool seeing you out there doing that. I think you know, how about any any flack or f- issues with just being a female in the in the industry? Did you get anything negative? Any kind of negativity or anything where people were being extra cool to you? Um, yeah, I didn't notice anybody treating me any different. Honestly, I I. Of course, I had that in the back of my head. Of right. Wondering, you know, there's not other girls that do it. Like, is a guy going to take me serious doing this or what? But I think once somebody actually gets to know me and, like, talk to me, um, they realize I'm not just some, you know, bimbo trying to get goggles. <laughs> right, <laughs> I, right. You know, I treat everybody with respect, and I kind of just expect that back. And I'm pretty patient as a person, but yeah, I didn't notice anybody. Everybody was actually really nice to me and treated me very respectfully and, and I enjoyed doing it. And that, you know, X brand rich has helped out Ben for years and and more than happy to hop on and be able to help out and get paid a little bit to be at the races. Heck yeah. So did you have, you don't have to name anybody in particular, but did you have any riders that were harder to deal with or you had to do special stuff to the goggles? Ben LeMay is a pain in the butt. I know Ben is. I didn't want to throw (laughs) him under the bus. he was awful (laughs) (laughs) no um you know not really no everybody was actually really cool and 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 i i mean i don't get um offended easily or anything so if anybody you know talking to me i never took it wrong or anything so um i understand if something is wrong and it needs to be addressed that's how a company progresses and gets better through people telling them those things so um yeah, I think, you know, most all the guys were really respectful and nice about anything that they had issues with, and I've relayed that to Rich and just try to make sure everything's perfect. That's awesome. Yeah, how about, like, privateers that maybe don't have major deals of any kind, but I know I, I got a text from, I want to say Travis Del Nicky messaged me at one of the riders. One of the riders that I, I can't remember which privateer messaged me and said, hey, is there an X-Brand rep at the race this weekend? I said, yeah, you know, Ben, it was after Millville. It was Ben, you know, Ben's wife Cheryl's there. I mean, did you have to deal with a lot of privateers coming up needing tear-offs or need anything? Um, no, not really. Okay. Uh, there were there were a couple guys, probably like three or four maybe, that came by and just needed stuff. But yeah. um, that's where I just keep the communication with Rich about what needs to be done and stuff because I'm not, you know, really the one that needs to make the calls on everything. So, sure. Um, and I just relay that to them. And so, you know, that's kind of – he helps out guys a lot, honestly, though, whenever there's guys that need something and if it can be given, he, he's very generous in that. Definitely. Well, let's switch gears a little bit. So Ben, uh, you've been in, um, 
in a relationship with Ben for a long time from what I, I remember, you know, I, I was kind of doing a little research and I, I found some old, uh, some YouTube videos and I found some stuff on, uh, <laughs> some, when you were doing some modeling with trans world, I think it was. And I, I didn't realize how long you guys have been together, but how involved are you with his program day to day, whether it be helping him with his diet, helping him at the track, uh, you know, like what you, I'm sure you have, other things to do besides just take care of Ben, but you know, what is your involvement in his program? Yeah. Um, I mean, we've definitely had, you know, rough patches that racing is pretty, you know, stressful and, but yeah, I mean, over the years I've, I kind of backed off for a little bit and laid low for a while, but, um, I mean, it's really the girlfriends and wives. It's every day. Like, yeah. If you're cooking and you're making meals and you're like, you know, helping somebody stay on their program, it's kind of like a teamwork deal. But you also, some women don't mind just doing that. But, you know, some people, like me in particular, I need to do something for myself too to feel, you know, accomplished or happy. And and it's kind of hard, you know, because you do, you got to support. It's a lifestyle. You got to be there and like, you know, do it all. But you also want to find time for yourself and being able to be, you know, an independent person alone and being mentally strong for somebody else too. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I try to be there as much as possible. He, he, he you know, hasn't been on a factory team where you were getting paid a top-notch salary where I can make it to all the rounds to be there. But, um you know, during the week and the weekly life, I'm here and it's, you know, trying to help him get daily tasks so that he can focus on racing and and just being able to keep it going and keep pushing. So, um, yeah, I feel like I'm pretty involved in it. Even though yeah, I would think so. I mean, I think, you know, we've, we've tried throughout the couple of years we've been doing the show to have wives and girlfriends on. We've had Brittany Chisholm and we've had Keely Baggett and, um, numerous others, and, and I would think just being a human being, you know, having a happy home life, and you know that 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 helps things out. Obviously, with when you're racing, it's very mental. So for Ben to have you be supportive and be a part of it, it has to be a major part of his program. Even if you're not there at every round, that's still a big deal to have somebody that is supportive. So what he's saying is, when Ben doesn't do good, he's blaming you. No. <laughs> Yeah, no, I'm always telling him I'm proud of him, so no matter what he does. So, question, are you just, you said you were doing the outdoor stuff for goggles. Do you have plans for, like, doing Supercross for the, the same thing, or? Um, yeah, I've been talking to Rich about it, um, Ben and I have, so we're going to we're gonna figure it out and see. Um, so you're going to be, like, a staple of the of the series before long, just, run, just running things before long. Yeah. <laughs> I'd like to. That'd be cool. <laughs> that would be. I, I, hey, you know, Mathis, Steve Mathis used to do the goggles, and I promise you the riders would much rather see you coming into the pits with a set of goggles <laughs> than Steve. Oh, that, that's so mean. No, yeah. no, I love Steve. <laughs> Steve's, my, Steve's my, you know, I like Steve a lot, but he he's not yeah. you. <laughs> yeah, I know. I get what you mean. I definitely, I, I did get a comment once this year. I heard somebody, somebody whispered to brown dog oh is that the goggle rep for x like so there's been, yeah. there's been some little comments so you're gonna you're gonna wind up getting rich more riders yeah, there's gonna be some guys trying to come back you know <laughs> come back over to x brand yeah who wants, who wants to come over to x brand yeah that's i mean yeah there's no doubt i mean you're 
Yeah. If anybody doesn't know, Cheryl has never seen her on Instagram. She's gorgeous. So <laughs> ben, Ben's not bad to look at either, though. Ben's a stud. He's a little, <laughs> little bit of metrosexual there coming out. <laughs> Dang. Ben's a, Ben's a cool dude. He's a stud. He's, he's rad. Hey, is he running the pro challenge this year? Yep. Yeah. He'll be doing that one. Do I you, remember back in the day when I used to race that one. Oh, that, that, that's See, what that's what we were getting to about you riding and racing. Well, Come on. Before we get into that, because I didn't, I I did not even realize that through my research, I didn't have any of that come up. But do you know if he's running the weekend after at Johnsonville at that pro am? Yeah, yeah, he's going to be doing that race. Oh, too. sweet! Because cool. I'll be I'll be announcing that one. We'll we'll okay. be at MX of Nations the week of the pro challenge, so we're going to miss that unfortunately. But awesome. Well, yeah, yeah. Let, let's get into you riding. I did not know this. That I raised. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> All right, so are you from around here? Yeah, um, I actually grew up in Longview, Texas. So yeah, that's where I live. Yeah. I live in White Oak. Oh yeah, yep. Yeah. I grew up in between Hallsville and and Harleton and Longview, kind of. That's crazy. Yeah. I was gonna ask you that because one of your YouTube videos was a concert in Hallsville, which is where oh, yeah. like some of my family lives. And what year did you? Where'd you go to school? Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Um, I actually graduated from a charter school. I'd gotten into um, a car wreck and broken one of my feet. And then almost a year later to the day, I broke my other foot. Oh, wow. And that was from racing motocross, actually. So um, I went to Hallsville, but whenever I got behind in school, I transferred to the charter school. That way I could still graduate. Okay. Well, you probably know some of the people I know that are obviously younger than I am because I'm old, but... Yeah, that's that's wild. I mean, how how did I not know you used to race around here? Because we've always yeah. raced at Swan, and like back in the day, uh, where uh, Village and well, probably yeah. before your time, Whitney. Whitney, yeah, I raced there. I did the Texas uh, Winter Series one year for the women's class. Yeah, that's yeah. But I didn't race for too long. I only raced a couple years, so okay. That's more than most women that we even know. Yeah. 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 Other than like Mandy Fontaine, who but she does off road, so right. But so, how did you get involved with it? How did you? Is that just something your family did? Your dad? Um, no, my grandpa raced um, cars before, but nobody ever raced motocross. And uh, I just I used to skateboard, and I was just kind of um, always into sports. And my friend wanted to get a dirt bike, and so me and her both talked about it. And when <laughs> For Christmas, we wanted to get dirt bikes, and so we started racing together. Me and Taylor Ferris. That's so random, but awesome. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'm, that's how it started. I'm sitting here with a confused look in my face because <laughs> I've heard like guys do that before, but yeah. I mean, not to sound sexist, but I've never heard yeah. a girl just be like, "Mom and Dad, I want a dirt bike, and we're racing." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What was your parents' reaction to that? Uh, they were actually all about it. They were they're supportive. They that's were cool. Always so. Yeah, they knew if I wanted to do it, they would get me a dirt bike and let me do it for fun or whatever. And, and you know, what skill level did you get to? You said you only did it for a couple of years, but how were your results? And Oh, well, I was – most of the time, I mean, for the first year, I was just trying not to get, like, last or, or – <laughs> I, I was trying to beat my friend Taylor. Like, really, it was just me and her kind of battling yeah. each other. Like, we didn't, we didn't – you know, we did all right for, for starting out not riding dirt bikes too much but it was definitely nothing to brag about that's still you were having fun and that's that's really cool so basically you just tell ben if i would have kept racing i'd have had a better career than you is all you got <laughs> just gotta just throw that out there constantly. give him some pointers keep your elbows up ben <laughs> turn that toe in sometimes i gotta coach him out there right right 
Uh, and how did you and Ben end up? How'd you guys meet? Um, yeah, Facebook. Facebook. <laughs> field way, I guess. Okay. <laughs> yeah, we actually we had mutual friends, and and he just messaged me on Facebook. <laughs> and <laughs> that it was old really dog. Nice. Yeah, we started out as friends, and and he was a really nice dude. So actually, out, and that's kind of we. I met him in San Diego, and then he was doing privateer stuff that year, and he mm-hmm. had his own mover so i hopped in the fun river and helped him do the rest of the rounds that year so wow well that's yeah that that relationship took off quick yeah that's how it <laughs> kind of just went straight into that yeah um i do you know the the video i'm speaking of though the trans world video where I, you were doing some modeling and they were interviewing ben in the lobby oh my gosh yes he, i remember that he did not look thrilled <laughs> He was so nervous. I was so nervous. I can't even believe. Oh, I need to redeem myself. I need to do another shoot with them. <laughs> redeem myself. Yeah, you should you get get with uh Don and do that. Yeah. Shoot. I think I I think I beat Twitch though in the in the survey they did with me and Twitch. I don't remember. What hot. what year would that have been? Do you remember? Oh my gosh! I think that was like 2012. I'll have to go back because I have all my Trans World magazines and stuff, and I'll have to go back yeah. and look at some of those. That's that, that's pretty wild. But yeah, you had black hair at the time, and yeah, I had black hair. <laughs> well, it's pretty cool though. I mean, you've you've had some really neat opportunities in the industry, and um, I think it's really rad that you're doing this for X Brand. And yeah, I hope you're doing the Supercrosses. We're going to be at a bunch of them, so hopefully we'll be able to catch up, maybe do do some uh, on-site interviews. Yeah, that would be cool. Well, Cheryl, thank you so much for coming on, giving us a little bit of your time tonight. And it was really cool meeting you at Millville. I enjoyed speaking to you. And uh, Ben is definitely one of our favorite guests on the show. And we hope nothing but great things for him in 2019. Well, thank you. It was nice meeting you too, and I appreciate you giving me the opportunity to be on. Definitely, and we'll, we'll like I said, we'll we'll get you back on once. I'm sure you'll. I have a feeling you'll be part of Supercross or X Brand. So, uh, yeah, we'll get you back on. We'll do it again. Yeah, for sure. Sounds good. All right, Cheryl, you have a good night, and thank you. Thank you. Bye. Right, see ya. Cheryl Crawford LeMay. That's, yeah, that's pretty cool. Just so random that she just like, hey, mom and dad, I want a dirt bike. I've heard of guys doing that. Yeah. But, I, yeah. I, like I said, I, you know, I always try to do a little bit of research the night or two before the show and I kind of I do a Google search and that none of that came up I had no idea I, <laughs> I saw the modeling stuff and that made sense um yeah she's 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 a good looking young lady that's all I'm gonna say so <laughs> um but anyway she's she's really rad she's a cool chick um she definitely knows what she's talking about the sport like she was watching Ben at Millville and she could see some things and that you know she needed to hey you can go work on some of these things she was she was critiquing him and knew what she was talking about and it's pretty cool that's legit but she's not like she's not snooty or anything she's just a really down to earth person and I thought she'd be cool on the show so yeah check her All out right. uh, we go into another break and we will be back with uh, Brett Hooper. Hooper of Works Wheels and Mods. Next guest is brought to you by Mad Jack Synthetics. Dane Evans and Mad Jack Synthetics is an independent dealer of Amsoil Synthetic Oils. Contact Mad Jack Synthetics at 805-531-9551 or at madjackdiesel.shopamsoil.com. 
So our next guest of the night is Mr. Brett Hooper. He is the owner of Works Wheels and Mods. What is up, Brett? <laughs> What's going on, guys? Not much, man. We're just chilling. We uh doing a couple interviews tonight, trying to get a show recorded. And I hear you. Um, man, excited to have you on. We kind of messaged through Instagram a little bit and tell us a little bit about yourself, man. Like your yeah. background, how you got your business going. Yeah, yeah. Well, first I wanna I wanna thank you for having me on. Of and course. um yeah, so I, I was pretty late getting into the uh, to the game. To be honest with you, it wasn't till uh, I would say two thousand. It's a funny story. About two thousand and eleven or twelve, um, a good friend of mine, uh, a recently good friend of mine, Justin Easton, was watching uh, YouTube videos of Justin Marsha and Ryan Villapoto writing. When I was over at his house, well, <laughs> I get watching them, and I had no idea who either one of those guys were. Oh, never wow. heard of it. Yeah, yeah, never heard of the names or anything. So it would, it didn't take long watching him ride and uh, going to a couple races watching him that I just, I mean, fully jumped in, both feet into the sport. And a couple how, of good how friends. How old were you? Oh, um, I graduated high school in 11. I was 19, 20. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So <clears throat> I start going to the races, and then obviously I I, I really liked the, the working on the dirt bike side of things. My dad is a mechanic by trade, so I'd always had an interest and tinkered with stuff and worked on four wheelers when I was younger. Um, so obviously, as soon as I got into the industry, I realized there was you know a, I guess a career out of being a mechanic for these riders. <laughs> So it there really wasn't much better fit than than to do that. I, I traveled around doing a few arena cross races with a, a local rider, Joey Crane, um, mechanic for him. And then um, I think you guys know the uh, the two stroke guy, Ronnie Ford. Oh yeah, I, uh, yeah, yeah. So um, he's fr- he's he lives about an hour and a half from me, and um, so he met me at the races and realized what I was doing and I was kind of riding and wanting to mechanic a little bit. And, uh, he asked me to wrench for him at Loretta's just to see how it goes. And yeah, that's how we got started. Yeah. That's wild that you've only been doing it for like five. I mean, you've been <laughs> for like five, what is it? Five years, I guess. That's just. Yeah. yeah and I would say, yeah, yeah. The, the first, I would say probably two years. Um, I mean, I was just going around watching local races and doing things like that. And then yeah. after, after I did the Loretta's thing, it was game on. That's when I I worked for him whenever he was doing the first, um, the West Coast um, Supercrosses. I was going to the ones I could, and then I was also back running his business back home whenever he was gone. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. And then um, that's actually how I met Josh Cartwright was they were both on the same uh, TXS um, Supercross team. So Josh asked if um, Ronnie was going to sit out around, and Josh asked if if there's any way I'd be interested in and in working for him one weekend just to try it out. Right. And uh, yeah, yeah, I did it one weekend, and it went it went awesome. Man, so so no no MMI, no uh, <laughs> you know uh, Scott Atkins School, just straight into it. Exactly, like, exactly. What straight was your what was your background in mechanical stuff? It, just in general, like where, I mean, did you work on lawnmowers growing up? You know, are you just <laughs> into cars? Yeah, yeah. I more the four wheelers and stuff that I had here, and like I said, my dad was you know is a mechanic by trade, yeah. so he always had cars, and so you helped him out. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, I would be in the garage a little bit when I was when I was younger, and 
didn't have a whole lot of interest in doing it on the car side. But then whenever it came to four wheelers and dirt bikes and those type of things, it, it just kind of fit me a little bit better. And, and when exactly did you start works wheels and mods? And, and that's, I know it's, it's based out of your garage basically, but like when, yeah, yeah. so if somebody, when did it start and how does somebody get a hold of you if, if they want you to do some suspension work? Cause that, that's one of your, your motors and suspension is what you specialize in. Exactly. Exactly. So I started works wheels and mods. Uh, I graduated, um, in May of 17 with my, with my marketing, marketing degree from Southern Illinois university. And it was pretty soon after that, I started kicking around the idea of, of making, um, works wheels and mods and having a suspension and motor and wheel building company. So it was about the time, um, about the summer or fall of 17 is when I, uh, is whenever works wheels and mod was founded, I guess you could say. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, like, I'm just blown away that you did this. Like, how did you <laughs> acquire all the tools and the knowledge? Cause like, I mean, a set of suspension, maybe it's easy for somebody that's mechanically inclined like you or TJ, but like, I couldn't just go break apart a set of forks. <laughs> right. I've been yeah, yeah, shown yeah. how to do it three or four times and I still probably couldn't go do it. <laughs> well, I just, I, 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 it was similar to how I just jumped into the sport of motocross and supercross. Whenever I, decided like, um, yeah, I'm decent at doing this, but I want to become great. I mean, I, I would just spend five hours a night studying online, everything I could possibly come across. Um, and, and that's where I gained a lot of my knowledge and anything I would be slightly questionable about, obviously I could get a hold of my dad and ask him, but yeah, a lot of doing that and then picking people's brains at, um, that I, that I knew, knew a lot more than me about suspension and motors and, and everyone that I came across, they were, yeah, super cool to help out. So that, that's how a lot of the knowledge and stuff came along. And, um, yeah, after doing it for, you know, since I've been doing motors and suspension, I, I've, I mean, everything's going great. It really, really is. I, I had a few riders down at Loretta's this year, um, get, uh, some top fives at overalls. So nice. Yeah. 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 Things are, yeah. Things are going good. Well, I, I definitely can understand that when I, um, started, I guess my career in the motorcycle world, I was about 20. I'd been a mechanic, mechanically inclined my whole life, but right. I had okay. a, a, an old guy who I was well, he's not old. I guess he's old now, but he wasn't at the time. <laughs> there was he's a few years older than me that, um, that kind of, showed me all the little tricks of the trade and how to split cases and 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 me learning how to do all of it was because I was too cheap to pay somebody. <laughs> yes, yes, you just figured it out. I yeah, was like right, I didn't I didn't right. have the money to to pay somebody, so I had to figure it out myself and um and and I ran my own shop for over 5 years. Right, really? Yeah, okay. Okay. And um but we don't have where are you based out of? Uh, Southern Illinois. Southern Illinois. Well, where we are, we don't have enough. Well, at the time, and and maybe because I just wanted to actually make a couple of dollars, we didn't have <laughs> we didn't have enough money or enough dirt bike stuff to specialize in that. So ninety percent right. of my business was rednecks with four wheelers. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. I'm with you. Right, right. And so um, I think if I would have been specializing and able to make a living off of dirt bikes, I may have kept doing it longer. But I got tired of some redneck sinking his four wheeler after I just rebuilt it, right, telling me right. that the motor went bad because of something I did. 
Exactly. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yep. Yeah. You'll deal with that a lot. That's for sure. Yeah. But um. So are you? You're. You're. Pretty. Sounds like you're pretty focused on dirt bikes and dirt bike related mods and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. Through works wheels and mods. You mean? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's yeah. It, it's all. It's all dirt bikes. That's, that's, that's pretty much all I deal with. And and being in having the um, the supercross and motocross mechanicing, have, having that where I can meet riders and privateers and stuff, it's it's helped out a lot. Like like right now, I don't know if you guys know Carter Gordon. I'm I'm building a motor for him for a practice bike as we speak. So okay, meeting yeah, meeting a lot of local privateers that live around here that do supercross and motocross has brought me yeah quite a bit of business. That's right. Yeah, that you you're you're getting your foot in the door, getting a name built for yourself. Exactly. Um, yeah. You 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 told me some info. Um, is the Guam thing? Is that out and open now? What you're doing? It's out. Yes. Okay. Yep, I thought it yep. was because yeah, he already up, dropped it yeah, earlier. I said in the something show, at the beginning so. of the show, and I was like, oh, I don't remember if I'm supposed to say that. <laughs> so you're going to be mechanicing for Cody Williams at MX of Nations, which we will be yep. at for Team Guam. How'd That's that exactly about? right. How'd that come about? Um. So it was probably about three or four weeks ago. Cody got a hold of me and was like. Uh, hey, what's your plans for designations? I'm like, well, I'd, I'd like to go watch. You know, I, I think it'd be fun. And he's like, well, I just got a call from Guam, and and I think I'm gonna ride for them. And I was like, what? And he was like, yeah. He said, they they really called me out of the blue. And he he said at first he thought it was someone prank calling him, <laughs> and he really couldn't understand the guy. And yeah. Um, yeah, and and finally it clicked what was going on. And I'm like, when did this happen? And he called me like two days after he got that phone call. And, um, he was like, dude, I, I want you to, I want you to mechanic for me. If, if that's, uh, if it goes through and I'm like, I'm in absolutely. Yeah. I, yeah. So how does Cody feel about the fact that Guam turned Chad Reed down, but they, they called him Cody. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, Cody's writing the two fifty, and Brandon yeah. Share is writing the four fifty. So, and, and I asked him about, um, I was like, do you know anything about Reed? Uh, being on the team and he Cody knew nothing about it. Oh, he was wow. like, all I know is Brandon share is the, the 450 rider. So I don't know. Yeah. And so really I, I haven't got any real good info for you. So who's <laughs> the full team? That. It's share, uh, Cody, share Co- Cody and Sean. Um, I don't know how to pronounce his last name. Uh, he's from, he's from Guam. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. 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 That's cool, the other huh? writer. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Well, man, I mean, that's you got to be stoked, dude. You're going to be not only at oh, yeah. probably the biggest, maybe one of the biggest races in history, but you're going to be wrenching for you know a, a, one uh, yes. of the teams. Exactly. I mean, just to be able to go and watch. I mean, yeah. I was so pumped. And then whenever I get this phone call, like, you know, I was beside myself. And then I kept saying, like, I don't know if this is going to go through. I, I don't want to get too excited. And then finally, whenever it was released, the writers' names, I was like, yeah, we're. We're gonna do it. You're gonna have better passes and access than us. I mean, you're gonna have like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but we're nobody. <laughs> well, and, and another thing, Cody, right now, he does not have a mod motor. Oh wow! Um, so he, <laughs> this is funny. He asked me if uh, if I would be his mechanic and ask if he can run my Yamaha 250F uh, built race motor. <laughs> <laughs> so no, no backup though huh you better be <laughs> no no yeah stock motor is what we have so yeah i i'm gonna show up i'm gonna go up and, and meet him up there um you know the week of and i'm gonna bring my motor and yeah we're gonna wing it i guess that's hell <laughs> you're gonna have one hell of a story when you're done 
I yes yes I yeah I, I'm so stoked. Yeah, yeah I, I'm stoked for you. You got me. I well, mean, thanks, I'm, I'm excited to get to go, but I think I'm more excited about your story. That's <laughs> that's pretty rad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It'll be a story regardless what's ha- what happens. Definitely. I'm gonna be a good one or not. So, you know, just in general, what is your favorite thing to work on? Would it be motors? Would it be suspension? Um, is there is there one in particular thing that when you get to do it, you're like, yeah, I can't wait to do this. I I would say I love. I love revalving a set of suspension that's for a very, very picky rider that knows what he wants and knows how he's, what he's feeling on the track because I go into it knowing exactly what I'm going to do. And the whole time I'm building it, I'm anxious to get it back to him because I know he's going to be excited about riding it. That I'm like really blown away by that. I mean, especially with suspension, there's guys that, you know, whether it be Enzo, the guys at Enzo or you right. know, race tech or whatever that do this for years and right. have to, you know, figure all these little things out. And you're talking about, you, you didn't even know anything about motocross five years ago. No, I mean, not like Ryan Villapoto. Yeah. Never even heard the name before in my life. That's unreal yeah. to me. I, I know. Not, I know. Dude, I know. I'm telling you, I can't change the oil, the fork seals in my my forks. <laughs> you know, what blows, I've done it four or five times. What blows me away is is he wants to advertise in his business that he does wheels, and I know how to I know how to lace and spoke wheels, but I won't do it for anybody. I, I just tell him I don't know how. I don't know. How, really? I don't know. I hate doing wheels. God, you. That's funny. I'd rather take a dick to the. I mean, a knife to the dick than. <laughs> no, you said you'd rather take a dick <laughs> to the knife. TJ, either way, TJ in our group text. We, he's you know, gay, TJ's gay, gay TJ, and he's the one that was so saying. He, just he, he was he dick. was the other one that we have on recording oh talking about uh, Ben Lemay is like a yeah. good looking man. So say, hey, you man. did say that. You did say that. I did. Oh my goodness, hey. this is great. We had we Let's just get had back on suspension. We yeah. just had Ben Lemay's wife on, and she's gorgeous. And I was like, well, you know, Ben's a pretty good yeah. looking guy too. So there's there was some context there. Mm. Oh, you, okay. Oh, see that is that's not bad. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm friends with I'm friends with Ben. Yeah, I I, I would agree. He's, he's a good looking guy. That that's a whole lot better than saying I'll take it. I'd rather take a dick. <laughs> and the great yeah, thing is, yeah. is I can edit all this out. Yeah, that is true. Yeah. Oh dang it! Dang uh, it. Well, man. So, Shoot. you know what? What about 2019? Uh, you have anything lined up for Supercross for any of these guys? Um, I, I I do nothing. Nothing. I would say set in stone. Sure, um, but but I've talked. Uh, I've talked to a couple small teams. Uh, I'd rather not say the names yeah, that's fine. just because I don't know exactly what's going on. Um, and then. There, there's also a really good chance I'll be back with Josh Cartwright for okay. 2019. Um, he's still trying to figure out his program and what all he's doing with what support he's going to have and things like that. But, um, you know, that's always there, um, you know, regardless, regardless of what his program or anything like that, Josh and I have a, have a really good relationship and working with him for the past two years. Um, we do really well together. So there, there's a strong possibility I'll be, you know, back with him for 2019. That's awesome, man. Like, it, yeah. it's really first of all for anybody that wants to get in touch with you, your Instagram is at Works Wheels and Mods. Yes, sir. Yep. Um, exactly. What about an email or anything like? Do you have any other information you'd like to give out where people can contact yeah. you? Yeah, absolutely. My email is hoop. That's H O O P two eight one four at gmail dot com. Yeah, so I mean, if you guys are you know in the area of of Brett, or even if you're not, man, you want to give this guy a chance. So it sounds like he he's 
first of all, ex- super excited about working on bikes, and I love <laughs> I love your attitude, yes. man, and and your your you're on fire, and I think it's amazing. So yeah, I I uh, so check him out, man. Brett Hooper works wheels and mods. Thanks, right. man. Yeah, dude. Yeah. Thank you for coming on. Um, I'm really glad no that you hit me up, and uh, we'll we'll find you at MX of Nations. We'll be. I'll, yes. I'll, I'll come do an interview with you and your riders. Please do. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Please do. And then, yeah, I'm sh- I'm sure if you find us, yeah, there'll be stories to tell. Definitely. Definitely. I've got your number. Cool. Once we uh, we get to the track, we'll we'll get something set up, bud. Perfect, man. Yeah, I uh, I appreciate you having me on and and seeing you guys grow every week is is so awesome yeah man you guys keep up the good work i love seeing it thank you it means a lot to us thanks brett yeah yeah all right you guys have a good night you too buddy see ya all right bye-bye the energy dude he was fired up and i love it it. that was so awesome dude i like everybody right now i don't want to go work on a bike but i want to go ride ride a dirt bike yeah i want to go ride i want to go ride a dirt bike that brett hooper (laughs) set my suspension because i don't have a clue no, I watched I your GoPro video. Clicks. Yeah, you. I don't even touch my clickers no because clue. I don't like. Dude, I'm, shut it's, up, man. It was pitiful. Whatever. I'm not even touch that. I'm not. I'm not commenting because <laughs> you. You want a dick. We're going. We're going to break. <laughs> Brett Hooper works wheels and mods. We'll be back. Guys, our next guest I'm very excited about. He's going to be brought to you by Fly Racing. Since 1998, Fly Racing has been focused on developing the best gear possible. With research and development, they have become a leader in safety and comfort. Worn by riders like Weston Pike, Blake Baggett, Zach Osborne, Andrew Short, Damon Bradshaw, and the Internet Brothers. They bring you our next guest, probably the best-dressed man in the pits, Transworld Racing's Michael Antonovich. What's up, Anton? Hey, what's going on, guys? How you been? Been doing good, man. We're just, uh, we took a week off, and we're excited to be back talking a little moto. Got some racing in this weekend, so, uh, yeah, kind of jonesing for some professional racing, though. It's kind of bummer for me when the the pros are off-season. I don't like it. Yeah, I've been watching pretty much every, like, I watch all the races all year anyway. Right. So, this weekend, like I watched this morning, the stuff from Australia, watched the GPs. But this is a good time, too, because then I get to watch, like, F1. Oh, yeah, and yeah. And MotoGP and, and even football and stuff like that to, like, keep, like you know, satisfy me for a little bit. But, yeah, it's, it's kind of a bummer when there's no racing to watch with guys like you could be there and watch in person. Yeah, I agree. You know, and I, I've been a football fan most of my life. But, like, in the last couple of years, because I'm a Niners fan and they've sucked, I've it's been hard to watch. So, the football season for me has been a bummer anyway. Yeah. And like, we're in between like San Diego and LA. Yeah. So all of the like San Diego teams and LA team now. So we're always in between of like, okay, who do we watch? But we can <laughs> right. get quite a few good games, but because there's no local San Diego team, you're kind of left to pick and choose of what's available when they broadcast it on Sunday morning. Didn't the San Diego have the chargers? They did. Yeah. And they're, yeah, they're in. Yeah. And they play up in uh, Carson now. Yep, and then the Raiders are going to Vegas next year. Is that yep. right? Yeah, so. this is dumb. next year or the year after that. Yeah, yeah it's pretty close. Football is dumb. You're dumb. <laughs> well, Anton, man, um, I, I was really excited that you responded to me and agreed to come on. Um, I, I, you know, you're you're one of the top writers in the industry, in my opinion. You write amazing articles. You you're always involved with really cool stories. 
Um, I'd like to get a little bit of your background. How did you get started in journalism? I mean, was that something as a, you know, a teenager in high school that you just got involved with in journalism or, or did it come later? Well, thanks for all the kind words. I appreciate that. Um, I, it means a lot that like to hear people say that they like what I do because there's a lot of time that I don't think people really know that it's me that writes it. I think they just think that it's just aggregated by a website and put out there. Oh, right, right, right. So for, you know what, but it's, it's what I, I've loved my whole life, really. Um, I started riding when I was like eight years old, so I've been riding for 20 years now. But I remember when I got my first issue of Transworld, I was 10 years old. I got it for Christmas, and uh, I was like, man, this is this is so cool. Like, I would love to be a part of this. And, and I read every kind of magazine growing up that I could get my hands on. Yeah. Um, we come from a, a really big sprint car racing family. Like, we really, really watched that all the time. So I had always had magazines around from like open wheel racing or NASCAR or whatever. Um, and when I got into high school, I really decided that I wanted to work for either RacerX or Transworld. Uh, I didn't have really any input or you know direction or anything like that from my school. I mean, growing up in Illinois, there's no real moto connection to anybody like there is for kids out in California or other places like Florida. Right. And uh, – I didn't really get an in until after I graduated high school. Um, they, I didn't really apply myself in high school that much. <laughs> uh, so they put me in like kind of the, like I'm, I, I tested really well. Like I tested in the like top three percentile or whatever for my school when it came to ACTs and SATs, but I just didn't try. Sure. So, cause I read moto magazines all the time. <laughs> so they wouldn't let me do like literature classes. They wouldn't let me be part of like the, um, school newspaper or school broadcast team or anything like that, which was fine because I didn't like what they were doing anyway. Sure. But, uh, yeah, when I, I turned 18, I went to the indie trade show, which was like three hours from my house in Illinois. And, uh, I was really determined to meet Don Maeda, my boss. Now, um, I had sent him an email a few weeks prior and he had gotten back to me and he really enjoys telling this story, but I walked up <laughs> to him with this like really cheesy portfolio of, um, just like articles that I had written about like local races and, and why I liked moto so much and some pretty terrible photos of like my brother <laughs> and I riding and things like that. But because I could write, you know, and this was when, this is right when everybody started getting digital cameras and video cameras. So everybody had already started migrating towards the whole, just make cool videos and photos. Yeah. He's like, well, you know how to write and I need a writer, like someone that can, put a story together instead of just take a photo because everybody can take a photo now. And so for about two years, I interned um, or helped out or freelanced or whatever until 2011 when uh, he offered me a full-time position and I moved to California. But going through all that stuff, I mean, I've only ever worked for Transworld. I've only ever worked for Don. You know, I, I know how other magazines sort of operate, mm -hmm. but I've been with this company for I mean, almost 10 years now, so I know how everything works here, and it's been it's been a really big deal to stay as a part of that. Yeah, I can imagine. Grow, and grow so much because, you know, when they when they hire a 19-year-old kid that doesn't know really what he's doing, they've gotten to mold me the way that they thought I needed to be and let me pretty much do whatever I wanted to do the rest of the time, too. It, it's really similar, it seems like, to Weege's story with Racer X. Just, yeah, it, there's a lot of similarities there. Weege is smart, though, that he got a degree. I did right. or he at least went to school and like was working on the whole 
broadcast side, so there was a fallback of at least there's some credibility to this guy where Don just kind of took a chance on some goofy-looking kid that was stocking <laughs> T-shirts at the mall, you know, so. Right. Well, yeah. we're, we're so a few, good in that regard. We're a few years older than you, and I've actually done a little bit of writing and photography and stuff like that and been published in, like, uh, Cycle News back in the day, and I was curious mm-hmm. with with you, you. You were about 28, you said? Yeah. Yeah. So, did was Cycle News any kind of influence? Because you said racer. I guess I'm old and dating myself because for us, it was always Cycle News is where everything was. Well, see, like the Cycle News thing was like a weekly. Yeah. And and I know that that was the big culture thing for, you know, if you went to the motorcycle shop and there was a Cycle News sitting on the parts counter, but the motorcycle shop we went to is like an hour away, and I never thought to even get a subscription to Cycle News. You know, by the time that I was really in love with everything moto the internet was already kind of coming on so i'm like this full-on child of the internet that on saturday nights i would listen to like region holly do the broadcast of the race and then i would see like the you know the thumper talk message boards or the early moto drive message boards and stuff like that of people saying what was happening and so i got to see all that stuff like i missed that whole era of like one nine hundred you know, moto or race info or whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I know what that stuff is. I mean, I was, I saw the advertisements, but we never, I never used that stuff because the internet was already available to me. So I've seen how much it's changed from being like a kid to now. And even how much it's changed since I took this job, like it blows me away how much things have, have really shifted that way. And I don't really think a lot of people expected it to happen that quickly. Yeah, I can see But the that. Cycle News thing, like, it's cool to see how they knew, because they've had their struggles, but they've known, like, okay, we can do everything that we have with our history and put it online. And yeah. then for them to archive every issue that they've ever put out is huge, too, because there's so many things that they've, they've done, you know, through road racing and MotoGP and, mm-hmm. and off-road riding and stuff. I mean, there's amazing articles that are in there that would just be forgotten about. I mean, 52 issues a year for... 40 years that so many magazines that people probably just threw away. Yep. And now that there's a complete archive of them out there, I mean, that's a huge thing for the history of motorcycling. Oh, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. It's, I, I just realized a couple of years ago they had those archives and I was pretty mm-hmm. stoked. I was going back through looking at some, like trying to find some results of some of my buddies when I first kind of started riding and that, that were racing. I was like, I wonder if those are still there. And yeah, those, those results are all there. And I was pretty blown mm-hmm. away with what they have put together. And and I think that was so cool then, too. Um, I mean, growing up as a kid that wanted to be a racer, I always just wanted to see my name in the results. Yeah. I just always wanted – I never got mentioned in cycle news. You know, I was just a local kid that wasn't that good. But uh, it's cool for people that, you know, grew up and if there was a guy in your area that was writing a race report that you might have gotten a shout-out. And I, I think that's amazing because that was so – such a precursor to what we're dealing with now where you can see everything and a local kid can be a celebrity in his own right. Just because right. Of yeah. I remember when I first moved to Texas, I guess it was 91, 92 ish, but I think I got put in, I won my first race or something and I got put in Tex MX magazine, which was very similar to the cycle news and just a Texas newspaper basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I thought, man, I, I'd made it. Where did you move from? Uh, I, well, I was born in San Diego. I was a military kid, but I lived in Barstow. Oh, okay. Uh, so I used to write, race, like, I guess this would have been 90, 89, 90s when I got started, and I raced at LACR and Sunrise a few times. Oh, okay. And okay. Then, then moved out here, and I've been here ever since. So, 
But, yeah, like if, if you're familiar with like the whole San Diego County thing, even though you're really young, I guess, when it was down here, I drive by where Carlsbad Raceway was every day. Yeah, I, I was going to say, because you said about sprint car racing, I grew up around dirt track. I grew up going mm-hmm. to Ascot and um, Silver Dollar Speedway up in Chico, and then we, yeah. my dad would race go-karts like out at um, Carlsbad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah so. I, and like the Ascot thing, um, I've gotten to like go meet, you know, Chris Agajanian and oh, see wow. all the stuff that they do. And, and growing up as a kid, I mean, I always remember seeing those 98 cars and seeing all of the stuff that they did at, you know, Indy and, and Ascot had shut down before I was really, I think even before I was born. Wow. Um, no, or it, I or really pretty much, old. <laughs> or, or if it shut down, like right when I was like, you know, too old to know what was going on. Yeah. But, uh, to know the history of Ascot that, you know, there was this huge dirt track that was, in the middle of LA yep. when that was the last like holdout considering all the Coliseum races that were there, how almost every town had, you know, a big board track or something like that. Mm-hmm. I mean, Ascot was really the last of its kind and, and Paris is here now, but uh, it, I don't think it's, it's, there's no sprint car racing following quite the way that it used to be. No, definitely not. I think it's still fairly big up North. It sounds like, you know, mm-hmm. but yeah. Yeah. Um, up North is big. Um, really around like uh around that chico area yeah. grass valley alpine all those or not alpine um but yeah up north it's pretty big still that's still some of my favorite racing man i'm a i, I was a big big sammy swindell fan growing up we uh and i know like people that don't follow moto or follow moto but don't follow sprint car racing are probably getting bored by this probably mm-hmm. uh world of outlaws like the what would be the supercross series for for sprint car racing they have a, a I think it's like $40 a month and you get to pay-per-view every race live. So I watch almost every sprint car race live that's on that series. So I get to see all those races all the time. And it's cool to see how this really, really small sport has figured out how they can make the most of what they're doing because they're running into, you know, an aging fan base. Sure. Yeah. They're not able to really get young kids into it the same way that, you know, people like you and I got into it as kids. And so they're doing everything they can to find, you know, a new market to get people into it. Yeah. And how, how do you see that, you know, relating to motocross? Because, you know, it's a small, it's a small sport. Uh, you know, we know that we're a, a niche sport as, as, you know, Mathis likes to say, and, and, but what can we do as a sport to implement technology mainly, which or kids see to get people more involved? I really have like racked my brain on this and I've been in, you know, pretty big meetings and conferences and all this stuff to figure out what, what we're going to do. Cause it's a problem that in one way or another, all of us are going to be affected. You know, if you make a paycheck off of the motorcycling industry, you need to figure out how we're going to keep new people involved in it. Um, I think it's really unfortunate that the cost of bikes have gotten so high because, you know, back in the day you could buy a, an XR 50 or a Z 50 or a PW 50 for your kid. And it was a couple hundred bucks. Mm-hmm. And they're really not out there anymore, and there's really a hard way to bridge that gap between having like an entry-level play bike to teach a kid how to ride on to jumping to that pretty competitive you know, KTM 50 or Husky 50 or whatever because those bikes are so different and the, the amount of skill that it takes to ride them might be a little bit overwhelming for a kid right. when they go through clutches and all these other things. So there's like a really big bridge to, you know, pretty big gap to bridge that we have to figure out and we have to like make it to where it's accessible for all kids. And it's not so scary that 
their parents don't want to put them on it. You know, so, we've been pretty lucky in, in motorcycling that parents still just put their kids on bikes regardless <laughs> of what the risks are. Right. We haven't been hit with that same thing where like peewee football parents don't want to let their kids play because of concussions or hockey because of whatever. Yeah, yeah. So how do you see like the upcoming changes like with electric bikes coming out? I know KTM has talked about bringing an electric 50, you know, 50, a mini bike, um, stuff along those lines. I think that I, I know a lot of like aftermarket companies don't like hearing us say this, you know, because it's going to hurt them, but it's going to be what, especially at a 50 CC, like mini bike level, it's going to be a necessity just because think about if you have a small backyard, maybe you have a, a half acre or an acre or whatever, and you live in a subdivision, you could make it your kid, a pretty cool little backyard track that none of the neighbors are going to worry about. <laughs> Whereas the minute you put them on a, one of those little really loud two stroke fifties that the whole neighborhood's going to hear They're going to shut you down really quick. So with an electric bike, we could have a lot of kids come into moto because they were able to do it right out of their garage. Like, look how popular those Stasic bikes are because they have that little battery and people, little kids just can't wait to ride them because they're cool. Yeah. I, I think that like all little kids that are interested in motorcycles and all that stuff, like they want that, that excitement of like riding a bicycle, riding a skateboard, whatever, but motorcycling so hard because of the cost and the, the sound and all the restrictions that go into it. You know, you can't just go out your driveway and go do it, but if electric bikes come in, we could see a big shift in that. Yeah. We need to figure out be... how to jump on that Stasic thing as a community and, mm -hmm. and, 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 and push those kids towards moto. You know what I mean? Like figure out a way to move those kids and parents into the motocross scene. And I like, they're doing some pretty cool things. The guy that runs that is really good friends with Donnie Moore at FMF. Mm -hmm. So the guy knows the connections. He's a moto guy and everything. It's just, uh, it's just bridging everybody together. Just bring them all together to where a kid knows the transition of, okay, you figured out a throttle, you figured out balance. Now I'll take it to something a little bit bigger and a little bit faster and then keep going up and up and up. Definitely. Yeah. I, I think, I do think the future is in electric and, you know, there's a lot of us older guys, especially you know, my, my age, the vets that, Oh, I love the smell. I love the sound, but man, I, I got to ride an auto a few weeks ago out at three palms and I fell in love in about 30 seconds. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm really caught in between this, like this weird limbo because I can ride almost any bike that I want to ride. Right. But I always gravitate back towards like a Yamaha 125 just because like, low cost it's easy to ride it's just powerful enough that i can have fun but don't get hurt really but the alta is so fun because it takes all that i mean some people might hate it because it takes the technique of like clutch shifting all that stuff out of it <laughs> but you can like really it. focus you can really just focus on riding like yeah. you can feel like such a better rider because you're not worried about bogging the bike or stalling coming out of a corner or being you're too low or too high exactly it's uh, fun all right anton you're kind of ruining my world right now because that's what i'm riding is a yz 125 i got a 144 kit in it love the bike like i've gotten rid of all of my i don't have 450 all i've got is the 125 now i just enjoy riding it so much and i keep thinking that i want an alta because it seems like it would be better but now you're saying you would pick the 125 over the alta I'm kind of in between because I don't have an altar right now. They just, <laughs> they just repoed mine a little bit ago. But right. um, the 125 that I, I – realistically, I think for the average rider, that that's what most people really all they need. I and love I it. get some flack for that, but, like, it's just fast enough. 
to rebuild it's pretty cheap. Yeah. You don't have to go overboard to like mod it out. I think a guy like over 180 pounds, yeah, you might need like a 250F or a 252 stroke there. But for the for the most part, a 125 is going to check off all the boxes of anybody that's riding. You know, the the 125 I have um it's got like a port and polished engine. Uh, Bill's Pipes did the head for me. It's got a, a Bill's Pipes, and they did some carburetor work. It's like the fastest bike I've ever really needed. Yeah, and exactly. I don't, I don't think I need much more than that. Right. Yeah, You're. I mean, we are not great riders either. We're slow amateur riders. So, yeah, haven't, I, I ride a 450, but I could never ride that bike to anywhere near its full potential. It's a yeah. lot more bike than I need. I, I, I definitely see where you're coming from, but, you know, we always have the uh, – the con, you know, the, the, the big dick contest or whatever you want to call it, where, well, this, he's got a 450, I need a 450. And I, I, I totally see where, you know, a 450 in terms of, like, reliability and maintenance isn't as high as, you know, a 254 stroke. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, too, it, it, there's it's a weird balance because we're not quite sure what everybody needs. And I know that there's a lot of people, especially in the Midwest and the East Coast, that are, you know, finding out, like, hey, I got a little bit of money again. I can buy a slightly used two-stroke or whatever and rebuild it and do a good job on it instead of being a basket case four-stroke and being worried when it's going to grenade again. Yeah, for sure. And I think that, like, if we could really, as a community, figure out how to make those two-stroke rebuilds, like, pretty popular and maybe throw some two-stroke-only race classes in or, or whatever, we could see a lot more people come to the track and race because... They're not going to be worried like, well, I'm on a 125 already. I'm already underpowered. Like, no, dude, you're against a whole field of 125s. Right, right. Yeah, and I'm seeing the two-stroke classes out here grow. I mean, every time I go to the race, there's more of them. So Mm -hmm. I think a lot of people are on board with it or coming back around to that. Yeah. I mean, we're never going to see like Honda and and Cowie and all those brands like make bikes again. It's just not going to happen. But there's enough bikes that are out there that, the community's not so big that we're going to buy them up and there's going to be a shortage. Like you yeah. could find a good one, rebuild it, and have a good bike for a long time. Absolutely. Well, let's, let's shift gears a little bit back to the, the journalism stuff. Um, I don't know if this number is right, but I saw a number that said you're around 4,820 articles written. Does that sound close? Uh, well, I have two. It's weird. I have like two accounts on okay. the Transworld page, so it's probably closer to like 6,000. Good lord! But that's not that's not only written. Like some of them are press releases, some of them are like videos. Yeah. So I mean, I've written a lot. To, if I ever tabulated like how many words I actually wrote, <laughs> it'd be be a lot. It's weird too because then there's sometimes where you come to the same event or it's the same bike like year after year, and you're like, okay, how do I put a spin on the same thing time and time again? But it's not too bad. Is there anything in particular that? that's your favorite type of article, you know, is, is there something that's your go-to that you just love doing more than anything else? Um, if it's going in print, like in the magazine itself, I really like a, a, a cool profile piece to learn about a racer or learn about a company and the people that are behind it because you can really figure out what a person's story is. You know, everybody, that's why you called me. Everybody's got a story that they want to tell or it needs to be told and you can find out a lot about a person and why things go the way they go for them through that way. Um, and that's why I fell in love with writing as a whole was just mm-hmm. because I like hearing the stories that people say online. Uh, it's by far the most labor intensive thing I do, but Monday kickstart is my favorite thing to do because 
it's typically like a six to eight thousand words and maybe sixty to eighty photos. But it's a full recap of anything I saw or heard at the track over the weekend, and it's you basically can read everything I saw or you know talk to what yeah. happened on the track, what gossips in the pits, what new parts are out there, new gear, and that's cool because. I get to see a lot of things and hear a lot of things other people don't. Um, and I, I want people to see how cool moto is from my side. You know, people always want to see it. And this is by far my best way to give them an, a glimpse of what happens, you know, in those tracks trailers. Yeah. It's really cool. What, what you get to do. I mean, I've only got to see you a couple of times in the races cause we don't get to make to a lot of them, but uh, you know, like, like Steve Mathis, you're, you're very involved and all the teams welcome you openly and and I I just like what you do. I think it's great. Um, you know, not dealing with the other media guys, whether it be you know, I don't know how much you you involved with the MXA guys or whatever, but I know you you, you bump into Steve all the time and Weege, and you know they're they're your competitive your competitors basically with the other magazines. But you seem to get along very well. Do you do you have any yeah. negativity no. ever with other journalists? Not really. I mean, you, I see these people, I see people at the races, you know, Mathis, Wygant, Travis Fan at Racer, or at Vital, or sorry, MXA, mm -hmm. Mark Tilly at, at Dirt Bike, Michael Lindsay and Guy B from Vital. I see these people and all the other photographers and, and other guys that are out there. And you guys, I mean, I see these people more than I see my family because okay. uh, all my family lives back in Illinois. So it's, I don't really have an issue with anybody as far as I know. Um, Mathis and I, like, Every now and then, especially uh, if it's a supercross race, only one of us will get a rental car and we'll stay close to the same <laughs> hotel. So, like, we'll car we'll ride to, work, to the track together. Yeah. And Wygant and I talk all the time. Mathis and I talk all the time. His wife, like, Pookie and my wife are good friends. So I don't really have an issue with anybody, and I respect what everybody does because there's really no animosity or whatever. I mean, yeah, we're going for the same page views and the same advertising dollars, but it's not this, like, cutthroat, weird you know competitiveness that other people might think and the thing that i've kind of figured out from going to other events like you know other racing events or other sporting events is most media people are kind of the same way yeah. um you know old baseball like beat writers and stuff like that in the 50s and 60s would all wind up at the bar together or they'd write their reports together and, and everything because you're with everyone all the time so if you have an issue with somebody it gets brought up and aired out pretty quick that's that's good because I think again uh, our sport is small, but I think if we help each other out basically and we're you know family whatever you want to call it that's what I always like to say it, it just benefits everybody. I don't look we're not anywhere even remotely on the same level as Steve and Pulp MX. We'd like to be someday, but mm -hmm. I know that first of all I value what he does and I know that we need him and I can't I can't see us. Like, as a competition, I just don't see it that way. I don't see there's any need for that. I mean, and the big thing is, is everybody has their own niche yeah. of what they're doing. Like, what the Racer X guys do is completely different to what we do. And, true, true. And and how similar the Vital website to the Transworld website is as far as, you know, bike tests, gear reviews, rider profiles, pit bits, kickstart, things like that. As much as those are the same, they're two totally different things because – they're written from a different perspective. You know, yeah. Michael Lindsay is an excellent test writer and, and Guy B is an excellent photographer and, and guy that goes and gets scoops and things like mm -hmm. that. And it's the same from our staff, from Don Maeda to 
you know, Mike Emery to Austin Rohr to Casey Davis and myself, like we all have our same thing, but everybody has their own spin on it. So it's not like it's ever the same thing. And the cool thing is, is like not really anybody has an agenda. You know, we're not out to like burn anybody or, you know, lean one way or the other. We just are showing people what happens because yep. unlike other things that are, you know, covered by the news, it's pretty black and white what happens out there. You know, you can't put a spin on it and say it happened differently when the results show one story. Very true. So with um, almost 6,000 articles, press releases or whatever, there has to have been at least one or two times memorable where you've said or written something that got you in trouble. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right? So, <laughs> so, so what, uh, what's something that you maybe regret? you're okay with rehashing right now? So when Chad shut down 2-2, I think everybody kind of knew about it, but it was from what I've put together. People were kind of generally handling it because they didn't want to, you know, hurt Chad or hurt the team and hurt all the people that are on it. But at the right. same time, too, like you have to put that stuff out there. So when we, Don and I kind of started tracking things down and put it out there, I mean, people weren't happy with us, you know, and, and, and rightly so. I mean, that, that's a lot of money that's on the line. It's Chad's well-being. It's a lot of people's, you know, jobs and everything. Mm -hmm. But, Nothing that, and I've told writers this a hundred times. I know that sometimes I'm the last person they want to see, you know, when it comes to after the race, if you've had a shitty day and like, I got to stick a camera in your face and ask you how it was. Like I've given them a free pass to like, tell me to like, nah, not today or whatever. But n at no time have I ever gotten enjoyment off posting somebody's, you know, bad luck or misfortune or anything like that. Like sure. Chad shut down the team. It's upsetting for everybody because that's another spot in the pit area that's gone. That's more money in the sport that's gone. It's a lot of really nice people that are going to worry how they're going to get their next paycheck, and it could have been the end of Chad's career. You know, and that sucked, and it and took some time to, like, really figure out, you know, when we saw Chad again, like, hey, dude, this is what happened. Like, you can't be mad at us. We just did our job. Right. And he and Ellie are cool because they've been around for so long that they get it. Uh, earlier this year at the Hangtown race, Put and kickstart that you know it was unlikely that we were going to see josh grant on the track again uh, i had been told on pretty good authority that from somebody that was really you know involved with the team and everything mm -hmm. i put it in there and josh and ashley were understandably upset by me saying that because they hadn't really been told that maybe josh wasn't going to get a ride in 2019 uh, okay found out that's not true or it's true that he didn't get a ride and but i've told josh and ashley you know, a couple times this summer and they're, they understand, like, I'm not doing anything to upset you guys. I'm just putting out there what I know. <laughs> right. And if there's something that I know to help you, I'll tell you. Right. You know, I don't, this isn't, this isn't CNN or Fox news or NBC. <laughs> right. Like, yeah. I, fucking dirt bike race. And I'm not really that sure. worried about it. You know, and I'd, I'd like to help the people that are out there because I'm not trying to slam anybody. I'm not trying to do anything wrong or hurt their careers or anything like that because I could get blacklisted really quickly. Uh, the only other, the one, the one thing that I'm upset that, not upset, but I do kind of regret was when Austin Stroop got arrested a couple years ago. We put his mugshot on and I know quite a few people were upset <laughs> at us and that like really sucked. Like there's yeah. a lot of people that I considered acquaintances or friends that were really, really pissed at me. And it's like, yeah, it was newsworthy and everything like that. But in retrospect, I kind of. I'm not happy that I did that. I can see um, that. <laughs> and the same thing, like, I mean, we haven't posted anything on Tyler Evans passing, and uh, 
I know that we could, I, I can still, you know, write just like a little blurb and everything like that. But I would hate for me not to say something that, or leave something out that could be a key piece because I don't want to hurt his family right. or something. And someone misconstrues it as, well, this is what happened because it's not, you know, especially as the family's going through such a tough time, I would hate to be someone to, to hurt them in any way. You know. Yeah, I can only imagine like how difficult some of that is for you to pick and choose. You know what's appropriate and and trying to do your job because, again, we're we're very very small in this industry. We're new to it, and every once in a while, I get a little piece of information, and I don't want to say something if I don't know because I don't I don't know I don't want to make anybody mad. We don't have it. We barely have our foot in the door at this point. Mm-hmm. You know, and I made the mistake at Millville. I pulled up to Millville like on Tuesday morning. And somebody that works for Lucas Oil for the for the for MX Sports told me Alex uh, Alex Martin is out of TLD as of immediately, and he you know he's going to uh, JGR. It's mm-hmm. it's done deal this weekend, which I was like that's weird, never heard mm-hmm. of such a thing. And then somebody else told me that a few minutes later, so I was like well, shit, I'm posting it on Twitter, and mm-hmm. it was obviously wrong, and I felt like an idiot. But like, yeah, I don't know how to make those decisions sometimes, you know, because, well, do I do I break this? If if it's if I break this news, that's kind of cool for us. But it was bad info, you know, and you just don't always know what to do. And that's like the weird thing, um, because. Like, and I hate to make this like a political deal or, mm-hmm. or whatever, because I think anybody that reads my Twitter sees how I am. Right. But I like I'm not doing this because like I don't say the things I say because I'm just one way or another. Like I from my position and reading about how, you know, news stories should be handled and major events and stuff like that. Sometimes it's not handled the best way. And uh, for for most news agencies, you know, they have to double and triple and quadruple check sources just to find out before they even follow a story. Yeah. And sometimes like we're not fortunate enough to do that. You know, if you you can double and triple check things, but what one guy tells you might he just have told another guy who's just passing along the same bullshit rumor and you don't really know. Right. And if you go to ask someone, they're just going to give you like a really thinly veiled answer. So you might not get a proper explanation at all. And then it's in those instances that I just kind of hold back until I know of some more details, but yeah, it's totally easy to get to do something that you think with good intentions, isn't going to be that bad. And you feel like it's super credible. Yeah. And then right before you go to do it, you're like, Oh shit, that's not what's happening. And then sometimes you're lucky that you don't go through with it, but then another times like what happened to you and it's happened to me. I'm like, fuck. Yeah. Yeah. I, f- I felt stupid. And of course up in Millville, you have no signal. So like I couldn't even correct it really once I was in the facility yeah, so it's over. Yeah, but I just had to admit later, hey, I had bad info and I was a dummy. So yeah, like it happened to me a couple years. Like Jeremy Martin's agent loves to hammer me <laughs> when there was that rumor of him going to RCH back in the day, and it's like, oh yeah, well fuck, dude. Like I had been told he wasn't the like. Sometimes they're not the first people to tell me. The person that gets the most upset wasn't the first person to tell me. I've heard it maybe three and four times ahead of that. Mm-hmm. And when I go to ask them, they think that, well, they heard from me. So I'm the person to blame or that person is to blame. And it's like, well, not necessarily if I know it's been discussed quite a few times. Right. Already. Right. You know, uh, I'm not the most, I'm pretty plugged in, but I'm not the most plugged <laughs> in guy. Well, you, you definitely, um, you plugged in a lot better than we are, man. It's, it's, 
I, I love you know following your Instagram and just kind of seeing all the things you're doing and and all of all your posts. It's it's really entertaining and and interesting to me. It keeps us keeps us involved more because I don't have all those connections, so I can just follow you yeah. and Mathis and get get all the good info. I think like if people see my personal thing, they probably think I'm an ass and stuff. <laughs> but like I, realistically, I I just love motorcycling. Yeah, you know, I I love all of it. You know, and and I want people to see how cool this is because right. the fact that you know my dad was lucky enough to put me on a Z50 when I was eight years old, and it's led to this now. I I, I hope that someone else finds that same that same path. Sure. You know, maybe not the exact same path, but they find their whole life is filled because they got on a motorcycle at some point. Absolutely. I've got two more questions for you. Um, All right. Straight rhythms coming up. You know, I, you, I think you, uh, talked to Mathis. I, I want to say you were, didn't he call you a couple weeks ago or you called in? And, yeah. Yeah. He um, called me. Yeah. That, who we're going to have. Yes. Yeah. Has that been established yet? Do you have your guy? Yeah. I don't think so. I don't okay. know. I, I've been kind of out of the loop on that. That's been a Don project from right. the start. Um, so the thing with Brock was, I, I think anybody that follows this whole Wada Usada doping deal, uh, and if you saw it with James's thing, and you see it with Cade's deal now, Brock doesn't want to fall in that same trap. If you keep racing, your time served before you get to the sentencing is erased. So all of this good behavior that Brock hasn't raced since April, you know, five six months is mm-hmm. gone, and he's not going to risk that for a couple races that, you know, the slam race, the straight rhythm or whatever, like I totally understand because Brock's still pretty young and he's hopeful that if it's a light sentence that he could come back at some point in his career, I think. Yeah. Now, if he, eight months is a long time when you're a racer. Oh yeah. Especially when you're, you're approaching 30 and to have to tack on another eight months, I, it's not worth him going through that stuff. Uh, I know we were in talks to maybe have Jake Weimer do it. And then with Jake's, retirement last week i'm pretty sure that ends any chance of that uh i have a couple ideas of people we could get but it's not really been the priority right now because mm-hmm. uh, i've been out of town and then donations is coming up and my uh monster cup and aim show and all these things i know don is working on it but i'm letting him deal with that while i deal with everything else fair enough i was just but, curious uh, yeah I'd, I'd, I'd love to have more info because <laughs> it would be red bull's idea behind this is you know Give Mathis, get Mathis to get a guy, get Race Rex to get a yeah, guy, get, yeah. you know, DMXS, get all these people to have someone because all that is is five or six more pieces of pieces of content that could go out there to hype this event up Absolutely. in addition to what they're already doing. And and Malott, Jeremy Malott over at Red Bull, he's a smart guy when it comes to finding these little unique opportunities. And uh, there's still plenty of time. I'm sure the last month before the race will we'll wick it up and find – someone to ride the bike and do a lot of stuff with them. But right now we're just kind of like, okay, we got to find someone to do it. Right. So cool. I can't wait. If, to... you're, a, if you're a fast racer, that's interested to uh, hit Don up. <laughs> that's not me. So I'm out. Um, <laughs> so, a, that's an open call to anybody. Right. Right. So my last question, I, I mentioned earlier, there's, and you, you agree that there's some similarities between you and uh Weege. Mm-hmm. Uh, if any TV uh, spots came open, any opportunities like that, would that be something you would be interested in? Yeah, it, it really is, actually. Um, my dad was the one that told me about that a couple years ago. He's like, yeah, you, you should just go on TV. And I'm like, well, I mean, easier said than done. Yeah. I think I think Jason 
and Ralph and Jeff and, and Grant do a great job because, and Daniel Blair, like Daniel and I have talked pretty extensively about what he has done and what's necessary of him. Um, but I would love to get involved in something like that just because it, it's, it's the next step yep. in some ways for some people, you know, the TV broadcast thing is huge. And if you do what Jason did, all it does is just give you more leverage to get stories from teams and it can help make your job so much easier. Um, I, I would love to do it. I just need to figure out the way to do it. Uh, I have a couple ideas, but I need to focus on making Transworld the best it can be right now before I move on to something else. Sure. But uh, the other thing I have to figure out is how not to sound like an idiot on camera. Like <laughs> I posted our, uh, I posted um, the CRF450L intro last night, and so it's me on camera talking about this motorcycle and everything, and, and it's it's fine. I mean, I'm comfortable on camera and everything like that, but at the same time, too, instantly some idiot is going to – someone's going to call me an idiot on oh, yeah. the comment section or whatever, and I'm just like, yeah, yeah, whatever. And it already happened, but <laughs> I would hate for people to think that, like, either I don't know what I'm talking about and I was just someone that was plugged in or uh, I'm an idiot. And that would suck because if you look at what Davey did, like Davey Coombs did back in the late nineties and early two thousands as a pit reporter for ESPN, he was excellent. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Davey did a great job and uh, the relationships that he'd formed with everybody back then have just only helped his career out now. I mean, granted he's in a huge position in American motocross, but when racerex was really in those formative years, he was, he had a lot of news and details and relationships. I mean, look how many racer X stickers were on helmets back in the day. That's unthinkable to happen now. Right. There, there's yep. no way we're going to get a sticker on anybody's helmet without opening up <laughs> a the big wallet. Checkbook. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, I'd love to do it. I just have to, uh, figure out how to get the opportunity to get in there and yeah. then stop talking. Like I'm in a rap video all the time. Cause that's <laughs> the other problem. Like well, between my wife and I, like it's the most like, I, I just don't speak that well at home. <laughs> I, well, for me, the, I, I can't. Eat, I would not be able to do it with the with the somebody in my ear, with a producer in my ear. No way. Mm -hmm. I'd I'd stop talking and have to listen. And then I don't think I could do it without cussing. Yeah, that that's my other big problem. I just yeah. didn't want to say that. Right, right. Well, I kind of <laughs> thought that's what you meant, but yeah, but I well, think, that's one of them. I definitely feel like the little bit I've talked to you and, and hearing you on here, I think. I think you'd be good at it. You're definitely knowledgeable. And like Daniel, Daniel's so good at it. Mm -hmm. And hopefully once this new TV uh, package gets announced, he'll hopefully he'll still have a role and maybe a bigger role is mm -hmm. what I'm hoping for. And I hope so too. Yeah. And, maybe, not, and not to knock anybody that's already there, but like it, there's a, you know, there's not just two guys that call NFL games. There's a lot of people that do that stuff. There's a lot of yes. people that do formula one racing and, and MotoGP and NASCAR, and it's cool to have insight from people that do on multiple, from multiple past experiences because everybody's different. You know, Fro, who's a champion, is going to speak entirely different about a situation than Daniel, who was a privateer will. Right. So, yeah, I'd, I'd love to. And, and uh, the one other thing, too, like, you know, you and I have had this talk, and, and we've, you know, had our, uh, you know, chats and stuff like that all the time. I, I really hope that if anybody hears us, like and you see me at the track, if I look like super focused or like not very <laughs> pleasant, dude, stop and talk to me, like shoot me a message on Instagram or Twitter. I, I really do enjoy talking about motorcycles to everybody. And, uh, that's one huge way that I can make Transworld more personable and relatable yeah. is if we have this open line of communication. That's why Mathis's 
Twitter account is so cool is because he's always talking to people. Yes, he is. And that's been a big thing for Vital is that it's a two-way communication thing back and forth between the message board and Guy B and Michael Lindsay. Yeah. I would love to do the same thing, but to manage a forum in addition to everything else we do, you could, it it would be so, so much that, uh, just hit me up on Twitter and Instagram. Yeah, definitely. Talk to you that way. It's funny you say that though, because I did the first time I saw you. I thought, man, he, yeah, I, you, you seem very. Serious. I look like an asshole. Yeah. I, okay. I totally look. Like, I'll, I'll I totally agree with that. Like super focused and like I'm not very pleasant. Yeah. But, but it's I, just a Saturday. Like I think Saturday's you, like a busy day. Yeah, I think you spoke to me the first time when we were waiting on the elevator and Weege and Mathis were talking about oh, my, yeah. my ponytail that Ned Dallas. And, it was in Dallas. Yeah. yeah and I, and, like we were fighting to get on the elevator yep. to get out to the, to the press conference. And I'm like, I have X amount of time and yeah. I'm trying to manage all these things. Right. So like 1030 at night on a Saturday <laughs> is not my ideal right. time to talk, but catch me at like 1130 when I'm at like the yard house bar and I'm <laughs> fully open to talk. Then. Sounds great, man. Well, I really appreciate you coming on here. It was really cool getting a chance to talk to you and uh, get to know you a little better, man. And look forward no to problem, man. I'm I sure we'll see it. I'm at, glad at to talk to you guys. Yeah. Yeah, Donations. Uh, I'll be at Donations, AIM Show, Monster Cup, and Straight Rhythm. So Sweet. if anybody sees me there and wants to ch- stop and chat, let me know. Um, it's always fun to talk to fans, man. Like last year in England, you know, I stopped and talked to so many people, and it's it's crazy to go to another country and have people know who I am, or even to another city and have, like, right. hey, it's Anton. Yeah, yeah, and exactly. I don't mean that in, like, an egotistical way. I just think it's cool to talk to other people who like motorcycles. I totally agree, and it was I, – I look forward to see, talking to you again soon, man, we'll, uh, getting to know each other a little better. Well, no worries. Thanks for calling me, boys. Okay, Michael, have a good night, and uh, enjoy your, your week doing motocross stuff. I have to go back to a real job. I Yeah, uh, I have uh, meetings the rest of the week, and then I go to Nitro Circus or Nitro Games on Thursday. Nice. So. All right, man. Be days. safe and enjoy it. Thanks again. All right, see you guys. Okay, Bye. see ya. Michael Antonovich, Trans World. Great show. Episode 94 is wrapped up. TJ's ready to get out of here. He's got a long drive, and he's been sick. He uh, muscled through. Yeah, it's only, through. It's only what, uh, 11, 10, 10, 10 and a half hour drive? It's yeah, not, it sucks, not. dude. I, I I feel for you. That's a long drive, especially when you're sick. You're like you you don't want to. You just want to go to bed. I do, but I, I actually got to sleep. Yes, I'm gonna blame like Ghetto Waffle House. I can't. I can't blame Waffle House because I love Waffle House way <sighs> too much. Yeah, I just had Waffle House the other night too. But I will. I will definitely blame Ghetto Waffle House. Right. If you pull into an area and you think maybe I should lock my trailer up in the parking lot at a Waffle House, I mean like. And, That's every waffle. <laughs> well, no, I'm talking about like. Let me phrase it like. And I asked the the my buddy Randy who's with me. Did he does he have his pistol on him just in case? Right. Okay. Kind of deal. Yeah. Yeah. Then yeah, I definitely would say that it's that's that's not the waffle house you want to eat at. Yeah. So real quick, uh, MX girl, like I said, she's giving away a set of number plates. Let's do Instagram tag us, our show, myself, whatever, and MX girl designs and your busted-ass number plates that you have on your bike now. We'll pick a winner. Uh, we'll give you two weeks. We'll pick a winner in two weeks. Heck, yeah. Free stuff, uh, like I'll, always. Uh, I'll post it on social media, too. So, All right, thanks, guys. We'll talk to you next week. A